Welcome in, everyone. It's the Kenner and Schlemmer Show, live here on Dayton's ESPN Radio, 1410 Wing AM, and streaming live at wingam.com. And just when I thought that, you know, we're going to inch closer and closer to the world of no sports, the NFL has come and saved the day once again. Tom Brady uh, making quite the uh, stir earlier this morning in, uh, in news that I think a lot of people want to act surprised at. However, I think that you shouldn't be. But then again, when you think about all the weird news and sports news that has happened over the last couple of years, this really shouldn't surprise you. Uh, to me, seeing Tom Brady play in another uniform will not be any more uncomfortable than watching LeBron James play for the Lakers. Like, I still can't process LBJ wearing a Lakers jersey. Like, it still doesn't look good. It doesn't look normal. It doesn't look right. To be honest, I thought Michael Jordan looked better in a Wizards jersey than LeBron does in a Lakers jersey, and I have no clue why. Like, it's that weird to me. Seeing where Tom Brady or following where Tom Brady could possibly end up, of course, that will dominate most of the talk today. Not dominate, but it, it'll, I'm sure, uh, really play a role in a lot of what we talk about today, mainly because, as crazy as it sounds, it does impact the Cincinnati Bengals. So we will talk Browns. We will talk Bengals. We will talk Brady. We will talk Buckeyes. And we're going to talk Brackets. There's a lot of bees that we're going to be talking about uh, over the next three hours. We've got a couple guests that will be joining us as well coming up at 4. 15. Uh, Jay Morrison with The Athletic covers the Cincinnati Bengals. We'll talk with him about the, the Cincinnati Bengals plan this offseason as it comes now to a slow start for them for the, free agent, uh, for the free agency period. What are their plans in free agency? Do they have any? And will the only move that we see possibly be the franchise tagging of A.J. Green and the moving on from Andy Dalton? That might be what Bengals fans have to sit on leading into the NFL draft, which won't be a total snooze fest. You know you're going to get Joe Burrow most likely. Um, so it's going to be interesting. We'll talk about that with Jay Morrison coming up at 4.15. At 4.30, uh, we will be joined by ESPN's Jake Trotter. He is the Browns beat writer. So we'll have uh, a double dose. Bengals, Browns, uh, left and a right hook right off the bat coming up in the 4 o'clock hour. We'll talk about the Bengals free agency and draft plans with Jay Morrison at 4.15. And Browns beat writer Jake Trotter with ESPN at 4.30. We'll talk about the Browns' busy start to free agency. So that's the guest list for today's program, and we got a lot more to get into. So I started um, looking at what we knew was going to be a complicated situation, not really a complicated situation, but a very fun puzzle that was going to have to be put together. It's, you know, it's almost like a jigsaw puzzle. There are so many pieces that when you dump all the pieces on the table, it's not very easy to be able to just start sliding pieces and fitting pieces in right away. That's the quarterback puzzle that the NFL is trying to figure out right now. Think about it like this. Some of these names, we have an idea where they're going to end up. Some we know have already landed certain places, but we know that the Titans ended up keeping Ryan Tanhill no longer moving on with, of course, the idea that Tom Brady could potentially be with the Titans. But So Tanhill, you could take him off the list. But Tom Brady, we don't know where he's going to end up. We don't know where Andy Dalton's going to end up. We know he could potentially be with the Bears. He could potentially be with the Patriots. If the Bears end up getting Andy Dalton, what, what do you do with Trubisky? Where does he end up? Does he stay with the Bears, or is he part of a trade package? What about Cam Newton? How about the Panthers today? They put out that Cam Newton and the Panthers are working together because they couldn't work together as player slash organization to be able to make it work. But they are working together to get a trade put together, apparently. So Cam Newton will be looking for a new destination. Where does he end up? 
Where does he end up? We know there's no chance of him returning back to his old team, the Panthers, because the Panthers go ahead and they land Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater, it's a guy that a lot of people believed could have ended up with the Colts. Speaking of the Colts, could they get Phillip Rivers? That's where it all seems that that's where he's going to end up. I've seen a couple of reports that they're close to finalizing a deal. Uh, I almost wonder, though, if you are the Colts, do you, do you take aim at Tom Brady? You know, does the fact that Phillip Rivers and the Colts, the fact that they have not been able to sign on the dotted line yet, and I assume so, they haven't, right, Brandon? The last I checked, they had not, okay? Maybe Tom Brady is the, is the, is the wrinkle in all of this. Who knows? Where does Jameis Winston end up? Where does Phillip Rivers end up? Cam Newton, Andy Dalton, Tom Brady. Oh, yeah, and let's also talk about the fact that you also have to think about the draftees. All right. What about Jacob Easton, Justin Herbert, Tua Tagovailoa, Joe Burrow? We know where Joe Burrow is most likely going to end up. Folks, this is a jigsaw puzzle, and it's a fun one. Where do these guys end up? What makes most sense? We put on Facebook this morning, right when Tom Brady left, everyone started assuming right away that the Colts would end up getting Teddy Bridgewater and that Tom Brady would possibly end up with the Chargers. And I'm like, when you start thinking about Tom Brady in a Chargers jersey, that doesn't sit well with me. When you start thinking about Tom Brady in a Buccaneers jersey, that doesn't sit well with me. That doesn't look right. That doesn't look normal. You know, at least like when you talk about superstar players who uproot and leave, well, they still have something left in the tank. I mean, at least, you know, Peyton Manning, I thought, did not look bad in a Broncos jersey. I thought that looked good. I thought that that made sense. I don't think that, I almost said San Diego, I don't think that the Chargers make sense for Tom Brady. I don't think that the Buccaneers make sense for Tom Brady. I think that the Buccaneers have more weapons to offer. I think that the roster's slightly sexier. I like the head coach. But Tom Brady just it doesn't fit to me. I don't get it. Oh, yeah, I forgot about the Patriots, by the way, another team needing a, a, a quarterback as well. So that's also part of the puzzle. But Tom Brady, you know, like when LeBron goes to the Lakers, I mean, it made sense from the standpoint of you have the biggest brand player in the league going to the biggest brand team. It kind of made sense. LeBron, the Lakers, it doesn't look right. It still sounds weird. You know, you would think LeBron, who spent the majority of his career with the Cleveland Cavaliers, one of the worst franchises in the NBA, you'd think that, it would, that he would not go complete opposite to go elsewhere. So you look at what Tom Brady, you know, where Tom Brady could possibly end up. To me, at the end of the day, I don't like him ending up with the Chargers. I don't like him with the Bucks. I don't think either of those two teams are a Tom Brady away from being a Super Bowl contender. The team that makes the most sense for me for Tom Brady is the Indianapolis Colts. It's the Colts. The Colts makes the most sense for Tom Brady. Are they flashy? No. Um, but they're, they you know, play in a dome. They play inside. I think that that's what makes the most sense for Tom Brady. And I do believe that unless I am mistaken, I have yet to see a final breaking news uh, note that the Colts have landed Phillip Rivers. Until that is final, I still think that the Colts are secretly a team in the conversation to potentially land a Tom Brady. I am disappointed. Uh, I am disappointed in the Dallas Cowboys. I am disappointed that the Dallas Cowboys decided to put the franchise tag, the exclusive franchise tag on Dak Prescott, mainly because I don't. I would rather see Tom Brady in Dallas than have Dak Prescott. I'm not a Dak Prescott guy. I don't think he's the worst quarterback in the league. I don't think he's the worst that Dallas can do. But I think that when you look at all the quarterbacks out there, I do believe that there are quarterbacks out there that can really help Dallas way more than Dak. Dak is a great leader. He's not going to lose you games, but he's not going to win you a lot of games either. 
You know, when you look at where Tom Brady could end up, I thought Dallas made a ton of sense. For one, you were going to play inside. You're going to have a hell of an offensive line. You're going to have a hell of a running game. Very strong defense. They just gave Amari Cooper. They just gave Amari Cooper uh, five years of 100 million. You overpaid. I mean, like crazy to get him, which I will never understand that. But I mean, we've seen what kind of difference maker he is when he's on the field. Tom Brady to Dallas, I would love, but that's not going to happen now because they tagged Dak Prescott at this very moment. But Dak Prescott, I, you know, I'm hearing all over the shows today how unfair it is that he he got tagged. I don't get how the national media doesn't pay attention to the fact that the dude is five and eleven the last two years against any team five hundred or above. That's a problem. If I'm going to give max dollars to my quarterback, it better be because they give me the best shot to win against the teams that I'm going to have to get through to win in the playoffs. And when you only have five wins and you have 11 losses, if you, if that's a whole season right there, you're not even making the playoffs. You're already proving that you can't beat the good teams. Two two years of a sample size right there, you're 5-11. and 11. That's a problem. You had a chance to make the playoffs and win the division late last season, and you get shut out. It's not like you lost a, a gunslinging affair uh, against the Eagles. You couldn't even score against the Eagles. I don't want to hear it. Dak Prescott, I, there's, I don't have any sympathy or sorrow for that guy whatsoever. He, didn't, he had no excuse. You had an offensive line. You had a strong run game. You had weapons all over the place. And you want me to feel bad for you? No, not going to work. If I wasn't allowed to feel bad for Baker Mayfield not getting the job done in Cleveland with the weapons he had, I'm definitely not going to feel bad for Dak Prescott for not getting the job done in Dallas with the weapons that he had. And he actually had an offensive line. I mean, he, very similar to Baker, had one of the best backs uh, in the league in Zeke Kelly. Zeke didn't have his, his best year. Wasn't his worst either. Four five seven nine four six four. Tom Brady, where do you should he end up? I know it's a very generic question I'm throwing out there, but it is an interesting conversation to have. Uh, Tom Brady, I mean, I remember my very first Super Bowl that I watched with my family growing up that I remember from that point on, it was the Rams and the Patriots. It was Tom Brady. He was the big storyline, you know, coming in, uh, you know, starting in a Super Bowl that he probably was not supposed to. And then he goes on to lead them to a Super Bowl and then leads them on to a two-decade run of a dynasty. Tom Brady, I mean, I grew up watching Tom Brady. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not a Patriots fan. I'm not a Tom Brady fan. Um, but it is weird watching him bid farewell to the New England Patriots. If the Patriots were on, I was watching the Patriots. I'm not a Patriots fan, but again, you you hate watch the Patriots, right? Just like you hate watch the 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 Yankees, you hate watch the 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 Lakers, you know, Duke, Kentucky, those types of teams in college basketball. You hate watch Alabama, you hate watch Michigan for you Buckeye fans out there. Like we all have those teams that you hate watch. I may not have hated the Patriots, but I did enjoy watching them play because if they lost you were experiencing something rare, a Patriots loss, a Tom Brady loss. That was greatness. Tom Brady is and was greatness, whether you liked him or not. And if you think that, oh, that he cheated to win all those Super Bowls, if you think that flat footballs is what led to Tom Brady winning all those Super Bowls, come on. That's a stretch, and you know it. Gumby couldn't stretch that far. Like, you got to stop with that. Tom Brady, I hate to see him leave New England. I hate to see it. I really do. Let's go to the phones. Tony and Beaver Creek, kick us off, man. What's up? Hey, man, how do you know, I mean, you, you media types are going crazy, fawning all over him. He's, what, 42 years old. How do we know he's even good, that good outside of the Belichick system? I really, I, if I got to, I'm going to take chances on a younger quarterback than a 42-year-old uh, man who could be broken more than we know of, and he's only got, what, maybe another year, season or two left in him? Why do you want to put that kind of money into, into this because he's Tom Brady? Well, I mean, look, if 
like for instance, like Nick Foles, he has a really good stretch with the Eagles where he goes on to win a Super Bowl and Super Bowl MVP. Um, and then, you know, he has a couple good playoff games after. Like he's the guy that I would say, okay, is he really that good or is he just kind of getting hot at certain times? Tony, you can't argue with greatness for two decades. Like he was great but, for two decades, it man. Is it because of Belichick? Uh, maybe it's because of Tom Brady. I mean, we don't know. We're going to find out, but it's not fair to Tom Brady, who's 40 years old. Your general manager of a team, you, you look at it, you can either get a young quarterback that's going to be there 10 years, or you go out to Tom Brady, who may have a year or two left in him, and you don't know how really good he is outside of Belichick. Ooh, now I would take the younger quarterback all day. Now, if you don't think, I mean, if you don't know how good he is, it's not because you don't know how how good he's been the last two decades. I would. The only reason, if I'm a team that I'm skeptical of Tom Brady, it's because he's 42 years old. It's not because I don't know what I'm getting from a talent perspective. Uh, it's the talent of what's left of the talent because he's 42 years old. That would be where the question marks would come in. But when you're the when you're the Bucks and when you're the Chargers right now, you don't really have a whole. I mean, you can go all in. You have nothing to lose at this point. Okay, question for you then. I'm asking all these questions for you. You know more than I do. Did Denver win that Super Bowl because of uh, who they had a quarterback, or is it all the parts around him? I think they could have. I think Peyton Manning. They could have stuck anybody behind behind there could have won that Super Bowl. I don't think Peyton Manning won that Super Bowl for him. How do you feel about that? I don't think Peyton Manning won them that Super Bowl, but he definitely led them to the Super Bowl. I mean, the defense was the central piece of that offense, obviously. I mean, Peyton Manning had some really good offensive years uh, early in the Denver Bronco run, but obviously that last year, there's a reason he called it quits, and it looked like he, I mean, he looked the part of a retired quarterback there towards the end. Um, the problem is, is Peyton Manning goes to a team where he has a defense to rely upon. I don't see that situation with the Chargers, and I definitely don't see it with the Bucks for Tom Brady. The Bucks or the Chargers will rely on more of Tom Brady than what the uh, Broncos had to rely on for Peyton Manning. Right. And I think what I heard today is I think the only course, only team I think would be in his best interest would be the Colts. That, and other than that, he's going to a team that needs more parts to, to help him win. Because I don't think he can do it on his own by Peyton Manning. He needs to go possibly the Colts who has all the parts for him. He goes to the Chargers head. He just, it's just like when um, oh, uh, from San Francisco back in the day. He left San Francisco. They let him go. He never helped uh, um, um, Kansas City win anything. Montana, yeah. Well, Montana, I see the same situation. I don't think think Brady's got enough in the tank to carry a team on his back without the uh, Belichick system, and he's going to have to have all those plus pieces, and nobody else has got it but, but the Colts. If he goes anywhere else, he's going to, that's going to be his legacy. Why do that? Why just walk right off into the sunset? I mean, I, I question his decision to leave the Patriots as well, but I do think that what probably pushed him over was Stephon Diggs was a big rumored r- receiver that the Patriots were supposed to go after. And when the Bills landed him last night, and not just landed him, but in the division, I think that could have been the nail in the coffin. I mean, Tom Brady, the, he sounds like he still doesn't know where he wants to end up. So he announced that he's leaving the Patriots before he even knows where he wants to end up. To me, that screams, okay, something happened that would have been the led to the nail in the coffin for him to return to New England. He needed help. Stephon Diggs was the perfect type of receiver to go get if you're the Patriots. They didn't get him. And not only did they not get him, he goes to the Bills in their own division. I think that could have been the, the final deciding factor for him to leave New England. Who knows? I think it's a mistake. I don't think he's going to win. Tom Brady has won his last Super Bowl. He will not win one moving forward. Right, and we don't even know if, if uh, Kraft brought him in last night. He's sitting there and stomped his feet like a small child. 
to me, and all the stuff. And Kraft says, and Belichick says, goodbye. I mean, to me, you don't even know where you're going, and you just walked away from the Patriots? I, I, to me, it sounds like the Patriots told him goodbye, and they're going to move on, and they've got plans of Belichick's going to, you know, whoever he's looking at, Dalton or whoever, I think they told him goodbye. And I think that's why he's trying to make it sound like, well, I, you know, I'm, I'm the one that broke up with you. Now nah, you got dumped. And just face it, and like you just said, he's not going to win another one, not unless he goes to some team that already has the whole thing. Yeah, but my thing is, is I'm going to give the Patriots too much credit here, but there's no way that their plan is, hey, we don't need you. We got Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton is a great uh, rebound, but uh, that's not who you leave Tom Brady for. Just put it that way. But, hey, Tony, I appreciate What's that? Let's say real quick, Belichick's got no emotion. He'd care less. He'll break up with any girl right now. So, I mean, he's walked away from, you know, just as good players before. So, yeah, I'll let you get going. Have a good evening. Hey, you too, Tony. Take care, man. Appreciate it. No problem. All right, four five seven nine four six four reaction when you heard Tom Brady leaving the Patriots this morning and how that impacts the Cincinnati Bengals because now we are officially at the point where we're keeping an eye out for what's going on out there when it comes to Andy Dalton. We know that the only off-season free agency type of move that the Bengals have made, or at least activity, not really free agency either, but they franchise tagged A.J. Green, and that's about it. They have yet to make an attempt to go out and get a free agent. And the only move that it looks like is on the horizon for the Bengals could be moving on from Andy Dalton. What can they get for Andy Dalton? And can Andy Dalton be with the New England Patriots? We'll get to all that when we come back. More of the Kinner and Slummer Show next. It's time for some straight talk. You know what a full-court press is in basketball, right? Full defensive coverage with no holes. Well, that's the kind of coverage you get with Straight Talk Wireless. It runs on America's best 4G LTE networks, same as the big carriers, but just for a lot less. Just 45 bucks a month gets you the unlimited plan with 25 gigs of high-speed data, then 2G, saving you up to half the cost of the big carriers. No contract. Full-court coverage, half the cost. Straight Talk Wireless, everything for less. Savings may vary. See terms and conditions at straighttalk.com. To those who love the grind, run with us on a John Deere Gator UV. Whether you're searching for the perfect parking spot, conducting a few performance reviews, or just killing some time by the water cooler, there's no second-in-command like a Gator UV. It's got a hefty payload capacity, a smooth-riding suspension, and the power to tow more than a few office supplies. Nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. Summer Show. Justin Kenner with you here on Dayton ZSPN Radio, 1410 Wing AM and at com. For those of you who have uh, any of the Alexa capabilities, by the way, it's another great way to be able to tune into the show and tune into the station. For a lot of you who are working from home, uh, if you have any of those Alexa devices, take advantage of it. All you have to do is say, hey, Alexa, launch ESPN Dayton, and you'll have access, of course, to 1410 Wing AM all day, every day, including the afternoon show from 3 to 6. So make sure you're taking advantage of that. Hey, Alexa, launch ESPN Dayton. It is that simple. All right, um, so more reaction. NFL free agency has definitely created quite the stir 
are and given the sports world uh, something to be able to latch on to that does not make you think of, oh, man, my basketball team's not playing in March. And by the way, the sad thing is, is tonight the NCAA First Four should be tipping off from UD Arena, and it is not. I was joking earlier, not only joking, but unfortunately on Twitter earlier I tweeted out that I was sitting there minding my own business, kind of forgetting about the everyday stresses of the world right now, and my phone buzzes, and I look down, and it said a calendar reminder. Well, I click on the calendar reminder, and it just said First Four tips off tonight. Great. Thank you very much. I was just moving on. I had, like, you know, just started to mentally kind of put that on the back burner and try to focus on other things, and then it just had to slap me right in the face. Unbelievable. Um, but we're going to talk about that in a moment. Something I wanted to touch on yesterday that we'll get to here around the corner involving the brackets and why there was not a bracket selection show on Sunday. Some people were pretty fired up about it, that there was not a bracket show, a selection show, and others say, hey, there should not have been one, that there was no reason to have a fake bracket. I still don't think that it would have been a fake bracket. I think you, you know, conference champions, regular season conference champions could have filled out the remainder of what conference tournaments were not, you know, able to be played out. But that's a conversation for later that we'll get into. Plus, we'll have some audio from Jay Billis and Seth Greenberg involving that. And a lot of these simulated March Madness brackets out there, kind of simulating the whole thing. And a lot of, quite a few of them have the Dayton Flyers winning it all. A couple of them have the Ohio State Buckeyes winning it all. Uh, winning it all, but interesting. I'll look at Brandon, kind of give it. I mean, what, what does that look for? I guess I'm just not too high It's the Ohio November. State. Why not? Well, they started they off. They had the high. most top 25 wins of any team in the country this year. People I mean, are like, oh, Dayton's the best team in Ohio. I'm like, they're the highest ranked in Ohio. Ohio true. State's been, you know, they had that stretch where they lost five or six or seven straight. Yeah. No excuse for that. Not going to make excuse for it. But, man, you know, actually, to be fair, though, the November, December mm-hmm. Buckeyes are a lot different than the January, Feb true. Buckeyes. Yeah, so, <laughs> so maybe the brackets, uh, those those brackets that kind of simulated that through were using the November, December Buckeyes because, be. uh, but even with the average play of the Buckeyes in January, February, they were still racking up top 25 wins left and right. So it's not as if they were some bum team. They just didn't look as dominant as they were in November, December when they were blowing out the Villanovas. And I know North Carolina was down, but winning at Chapel Hill, I don't care if it's good or a bad team. That Sold out Chapel Hill. I'm sorry, that's a tough environment to go in there and take care of business early on. And North Carolina got worse as the season went on because of health issues. They were completely healthy when Ohio State dominated them in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. So just throwing that out there. Just something to chew on. Had a win over Kentucky. Yeah, Yeah. so just something to chew chew on. Um, We'll leave it at that. 457-9464. That's the number to call in, be part of the conversation. Reaction to Tom Brady. Now, I'm interested to hear from this next caller because, Ron and Tip, you're a Bucks fan. How in the world are you going to luck out and potentially get an aged Tom Brady? By the way, isn't he at the age where he shouldn't be out and about? He needs to be, you know, staying in. He's too yeah, old. I mean, especially with that virus going around, he, he <laughs> might be eligible. I don't mean to make a joke about it, but you got to be a little bit light about it at this point. But, yeah, Tom Brady, how do you feel about a 42-year-old Tom Brady leading your Bucks team if that's what happens? Actually, you know, it does make sense. I I stayed home today, and uh, I watched a lot of sports talk. And, I mean, with the coach, Bruce Arians, he's well-known for veteran quarterbacks. Um, I mean, he's got weapons. And the defense, at, at the last six, game of, six games of the year last year, Todd Bowles had that defense focused. They had the sack leader. They just re-signed JPP. So I mean, they can, if they get then they got eighty million dollars under the cap. So they they can outbid the Chargers. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, so and uh, but the ahead. thing is, like, 
I have no problem with him moving on from, you know, Jameis Winston, 30 for 30. I mean, that's his that's his new nickname, 30 for 30. 30 picks, 30, intercept, or 30 <laughs> interceptions, 30 touchdowns. So 30 for 30 is my new nickname for him. Now, he got that 20-20 vision, uh, but he had that 30-30 vision last year, okay? He had the eye surgery to improve his vision. Good for him. But the bottom line is, is I have no problem with them moving on from him. But I have a problem with them. Like, if you ask me if I want Tom Brady or Jameis Winston, if I'm a team that's close to a Super Bowl, I'll take Tom Brady because he can get you there. But if you're a team that still has a lot of flaws, I still think there might be something left for Jameis Winston, especially with you know with that procedure that he had done. I'm just I don't get if you're the Bucks why you're going in on that. You're not a Tom Brady away from a Super Bowl. It just and if you think that you could put a Super Bowl team together in the next two years, 42 year old Tom Brady scares me. 43 year old Tom Brady scares me way even more. So I don't know. It's an interesting decision by the Chargers or the Bucks if they go that route. But you're right, the Bucks have more money to spend than the most, and he wants that 30 yeah. mil a year. I mean, the Glaciers own Manchester United, so they got tons of money. So anyway, but I'm saying it's warm weather. I know L.A.'s warm weather, but I don't know, man. I just think the Glaciers are just going to just buy him out. And But I want to change subject real quick. Um, yep. the, Casey Ke- the Casey Keenum signing, okay, that should be a little bit of writing on the wall for you guys because... The writing on the wall is what? The, the, the Browns need a good backup quarterback? Yeah, every team does. Ask the Eagles. Well, he played in Stefanski's offense at Minnesota, went 13-3. and three. Case Keenum. He knows, he knows that system. I'll take uh, Baker on his worst day over Keenum on his best. Keenum is a game manager, and I want nothing to do with that. He's a great backup. I'm all for it. But, no, I see what you're doing, Ron. I, I see, I've known you for quite a few years now calling into this show. I know exactly what you're doing, and I'm not going to feed into that. Case Keenum, next. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll, I'm going to end. I'm going to end the call with uh, TB in TB. So see you later, Justin. What Terry? Uh, wait, what? Ter- uh, Teddy Tom Bridgewater? Oh, okay. I was like, hold up, hold up. Teddy Bridgewater already signed. Teddy Bridgewater is actually where I thought he could end up too, is with the Bucks. But and I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, like, the Bengals actually make an offer for Cam Newton. I mean, I know they got Burrow coming in, but I mean, you can't just throw that guy in the fire, man. Uh, well, the Bengals just got uh, outbid for a player that they... I mean, the Bengals were actually trying to do something this offseason, and uh, they just got outbid by a particular team for a certain player. I'll touch on that in a moment. But the Bengals ain't going to try and offer Cam Newton any kind of dollar. There's well, no, They'll be like that. That was it that Geico commercial where he has the dollar at the end of the fishing line. He's like, oh, you got to be quicker than that. Like, that's the Bengals every single time. So That's kind of like, like you on the treadmill with the donut hanging over the fishing pole. Right? You made it personal. You just had to go there, Ron. Ron, go away. Go away. Adios, man. Why did we take away? I'm a fat joke. Why, 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 you know. He had to take a stab at you. He wanted yes. to take a stab at your Browns, and then he had to get you on yes, the Yes, he knew what he was doing that case. <laughs> the writing's on the wall. The writing's on the wall. And to be honest, he's not completely wrong. The writing technically, I don't think the writing's on the wall. I think the Browns made a smart decision. You've had one really, really good year from Baker Mayfield, and you've had one very close to below average year from Baker. It wasn't a horrible year. It wasn't a great year. Um, but I still don't think Baker had the worst year out there. I mean, that looked like a guy that's in the league for his second year only. Did he regress? Absolutely. But there's a reason that whole sophomore slump phrase does exist for that particular reason right there. Not an excuse, but he he had a boob of a head coach. He's already on his fourth head coach heading into his third year. I don't want to hear it. I still think Baker has a lot left in the tank. I still think you're going to see more this year than what you even saw his his rookie year. I think he's fine. Um, The other thing, too, but Case Keenum, I don't mind it. You bring him in for three years. You have Baker Mayfield for two more years. Case Keenum's going to be there for that 
that extended third year if it doesn't work out with Baker. But if not, Keenum will be gone by then. I think 18 mil is a lot to spend on a backup quarterback. Especially when you look at the quarterbacks that were available out there. I mean, a Mariota. Look what the Raiders got him for pretty cheap. Like you, I would rather the Browns have done something like that. I just feel like I don't mind them spending money and being aggressive because it's the opposite of what we ripped the Bengals for. The Bengals won't spend a dime, um, but I also don't want them spending money too stupid either. I still think Case Keenan might, but maybe Ron's right. Maybe the writing is on the wall. If they were willing to spend that much on a backup, maybe that is basically Stefanski's way of saying, hey, I'm giving you a year, and if not, I got my guy here, which, by the way, is the dumb. Case Keenum is your typical Browns quarterback. Just a guy, I mean, like, like Jake DeLome, just guys like that. Like, give me a break. Guys that, you know, they can win you some games. They, they're not going to turn it over too much. But Keith Keenum, he's not a franchise quarterback. And if the goal is to make him your quarterback, then I'll be jumping off the Browns bandwagon just like Schlemmer jumped off the Bengals fandom. I'm just throwing that out there. My relationship with the Browns will be short-lived. So it's up in the air. No, it's good right now. Okay, we're steady. Okay. <laughs> we're steady. Me and the Browns, you know, we're we're aiming. I'm, you know, right now we're heading in the direction of a ring potentially. I might get a ring, you know. I might, you know, commit long term. But I need to show. I need to see from them that they're willing to commit to me long term. Well, they were. Real Case active. Keenum says, "Hey, you can't tell me who I can and can't be friends with." Like that's what the Browns are doing right now. Like that's why I'm not buying into that. Uh, yeah, yeah. How about this one? So the Cincinnati Bengals were going for sloppy seconds. They were going after Joe Schobert. They were going after him hard. In fact, uh, Jeremy Fowler of ESPN said that the Bengals were trying aggressively, and I don't know what aggressively means, like aggressively by normal team standards or aggressively by Bengals standards, which means they took out a highlighter and highlighted his name on the on the free agent list. All right, so the Bengals were trying aggressively to get inside linebacker Joe Schobert, but they would not match Jacksonville's final asking price, which is a massive five-year, $53 million deal. This shouldn't surprise anybody. I'm not going to rip the Bengals for this move right here because this de- this deal that Schobert wanted was the same deal that he wanted the Browns to give, and the Browns were not going to give him 12-plus mil. And that's about, on average, I think just a little under that, what he's going to get here, $53 million over five years. You're looking at about $11 million. They weren't going to do 10 mil for that position. Uh, I'm not going to freak out about the Browns not giving them that money because I'm assuming that they have a backup plan. Now, if you head into next year and no linebackers, that's a problem. Then I'll point it out because I don't think the money – I mean, you could justify giving a Case Keenum 18 mil over three years. Now, 18 million, 50 million, big difference. But my point is, is that's where you start shaving dollars. You could take a lesser backup quarterback than you could uh, something else. So, I don't know. I'm not going to rip the Bengals for that. Um, yeah, but some Bengals fans I'm seeing on the reaction on here saying, pathetic, you need to overpay when you're the Bengals. Uh, I don't know where I fit on that. I'm a hypocrite if I say that the Bengals should have overpaid, but then say I'm glad the Browns didn't do it. So I'm in on the I'm in the middle on that. But I think that the Bengals are a little bit more desperate right now than the Browns are. The Bengals have to bend somewhere. The Browns have already proven that they'll overpay for other positions. They overpaid for tight end. I believe they overpaid for a backup. They, you know, they're willing to over. They have a very expensive wide receiver in OBJ that they didn't technically give the deal to, but they took on the contract in OBJ's deal that he got done when he was with the Giants. I don't know, man. Um, I feel like if you're the Bengals, you're going to have to break at some point. You're going to have to do things that you normally don't do if you actually want to. But this is what Carson Palmer was talking about. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and this fan right here, I think, oh, Billy from you. Billy's right. You have to be able to, you're going to have to overspend. Like, if you think you're going to get people at market value, you're not. You're the Cincinnati Bengals who have proven that you're a dysfunctional organization. You're not a lucrative landing spot. You're going to have to overpay. And if you overpay and get a big free agent like Schobert, and you go and draft a Joe Burrow, and you're start, you know, you're getting Jonah Williams back, and A.J. Green's healthy, then maybe 
your the perception of your franchise on the free agent market might kind of pick up a bit. But for right now, you got to overpay. The Browns had to overpay over the last couple of years to get some guys, and look at where they're at now. Did it work for them from a win-loss perspective last year? No, but I don't, you weren't here yesterday, Brandon. I said, I'll take the team that aggressively swings at every pitch to put, to put the ball in play to give the team a chance versus the guy like Joey Votto uh, who will just watch a big pitch go by and strike out swinging. The Bengals are the player that strikes out looking. The Browns are the guy that strikes out swinging, whatever it is. But 457-9464, in all seriousness, I, I, I don't know how to feel about the Bengals not being aggressive to go after Schobert. 53 mil over five years, that is a bit of a, a stretch. Um, but we've also seen the Bengals being willing to pay money to guys that they draft on their roster. I'll never understand that philosophy. I think you need to have a balance of both. If you're Mike Brown, you need to have that balance. All right. You know, I like that they, he was willing to play. You know, pay Dunlap and Atkins. It's not like Mike Brown refuses to spend money. I mean, they were willing to spend money on Geno and on you know and Dunlap. They proved that they'd be willing to do that in the past. But it's always for their guys. That's what drives me nuts. Go and spend money in the free agent market. That's where you're going to improve. You are not going to improve in the draft. You are going to get some ne- you know, necessary pieces in the draft. You are not going to drastically improve in the draft outside of Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow makes you significantly better if he is who everyone is trying to convince me that he is. Um, but all I'm saying is, is Joe Burrow without a line is nobody. Tom Brady without a line is nobody. Peyton in his prime, Peyton Manning in his prime is nobody without an offensive line. Look at Andrew Luck. All right? The Bengals risk. If you want to turn Joe Burrow into Andrew Luck, go right on ahead. Go right on ahead. The Colts are fortunate to get a couple good years out of Andrew Luck, but look where he's at now on the early retired list. Go ahead. Screw around. Let's see what happens. Go spend money on an offensive lineman. You got to do it. You have no choice. They need to, or else they're just throwing him in the fire. His, for, I mean, he's about to say freshman, his rookie year in yeah. the league, and then. People are going to judge him based on his performance, and it might not all be, it might not all fall on his back. It just depends on what moves the teams make and what kind of pieces you put around him to make him successful. Going to be interesting. Four five seven nine four six four. Uh, the Bengals target Shelbert. They are not able to outbid for him. The Jaguars end up landing him. They get like $53 million over five years. Uh, and that's the deal that we knew Schobert wanted. That's one of the reasons the Browns moved on from him because they did not they did not look at him and say, we're willing to put $11 million a year into you, 10 plus $11 million into you. They were looking for that 8 to 9 stretch, which is still a pretty good chunk of change. You're going to be able to go out and get a decent player. I don't know what the Browns' plans are. They were so busy yesterday. On the offensive side, I'm waiting to see what they do to address some of the defensive issues. Maybe they're saying, hey, we're going to go improve this team in the free agency with the offense, and then we'll fine-tune some of the defense you know, with the draft like they've done in years past. You know, There was talk of them taking a tackle with that what, what the top ten pick that they have. They go out and get Conklin yesterday. Do you get another offensive lineman with Conklin, or do you say, you know what, I like you know Conklin's what we needed to improve that side of the line. We'll go in with that. We have our tight end now. You have two good running backs. Possibly, I don't know what they're going to do with Njoku, whatever they turn him into. Maybe they keep him. Who knows? You have your receivers. You have your third-year quarterback. They're in a situation where offensively they're pretty set. Maybe they use the draft to target nothing but defense. That's what we're going to find out. Maybe they trade up. They could. Uh, maybe they trade up. I don't know who uh, outside of my uh, Miles Garrett. Holy smokes! Outside of of Chase Young, there's really no one else that I would no. trade up for. And yeah. I don't think they have enough ammo to move up to get and something that big. Considering their needs, I don't think there's anybody up there that they would trade up for that would help no. the team. Yeah, a lot of cool, I mean Akuda. He they, I doubt he drops back that yeah, far. I mean uh, the Lions. I mean some others. It's going to be interesting who does what. But as far as the Bengals go, I'm going to be a little timid on 
on bashing them for not taking Schobert. Because I would be a hypocrite. The same reasons that the Bengals didn't take Schobert are the same reasons the Browns didn't keep Schobert. So I, if, I feel like I can't go after the Bengals for that. But I do believe that the Bengals are going to have to be aggressive and overspend to get a free agent or two. But good for them. At least the Bengals are showing a little life. At least they show that, hey, we're trying to get in on some of these guys. They need a linebacker, and I'm glad that they were going after him. Let's go to Charlie and Dayton. Charlie, what's up, man? How are you? Hey, Justin. I'm, I'm live at the uh, Walmart in Inglewood. Hey, if there's news. toilet paper, if you, I'm, I'm no. being serious. I'm going to have you hey. pick me up, and if you bring it by the station, I'll pay you for it. I'm dead serious. Hey. <laughs> Breaking news, uh, the entire aisle of toilet paper and paper towels is completely wiped out. Shocker. So... Shocker. Uh, I was just serious. I was being a million percent serious. I was going to have you bring uh, a couple <laughs> to the station and pay you for it. I would, I would uh, overpay for it like the Bengals wouldn't overpay for Schobert. How about that? <laughs> they got brown paper bags, man. <laughs> but what's yeah. up, man? No, I'm not bashing your Bengals. I actually I, I can't say I can't get annoyed that they wouldn't overpay for Schobert because the only reason he's available is because the Browns wouldn't give him the same money that the Bengals wouldn't. So it's interesting nonetheless, but we'll see. Um. No, I just read on ESPN today that the Bengals were kind of hamstrung until they traded Dalton with the free agency money. Because the cap you know money. Seven, well, they need to be able to, I mean, I think they're close with Andy Dalton. Uh, I mean, you look at the fact that the Bears were, I mean, the Bears wanted Foles or Dalton. We spoke yesterday about who's a better you know, quarterback for a lot of these teams in the NFL right now, Dalton or Foles. I'll take Dalton. I like Dalton with the Bears, but uh, I think that the Patriots, when you look at them now in need of a quarterback, I think they're working hard to try to get a deal done to get Dalton. The problem is is they don't have as many resources as the Bears do. The Bears could put a better offer together. Um, the Patriots make more sense for Andy Dalton, but the Bears could put a better package together. They have more picks that they could put together to get him. So it'll be interesting. But they have to get rid of Dalton, yes, to free up that 17 mil to get to that 20 million cap space that they can go out and make a move. Yeah, that's the thing. I... I because I was like, man, I thought we had all this money. But then when I read on ESPN, it was saying, as of right now, we only have about $4 million bucks. And I'm like, well, we can't get anybody. Well, if, you, if they mentally know, because keep in mind, the league, the free agency period technically doesn't start till tomorrow. None of these deals could become official, I believe, until tomorrow, if I'm not mistaken. So in your head, you could be mentally spending this money knowing that you are moving on from Andy Dalton at some point. So you know that that money will be available to cover whatever. I just don't know the rules are as far as being able to sign guys before that money is available. I don't know how that works. Um, but interesting what? nonetheless. Do you know, other than show, man, I was, God, I'm so bummed about Schobert, but, uh, um, are they, do you know, are they targeting any other linebackers? Because I'm thinking with that 33rd pick, we could, we could definitely get a great offensive lineman, but man, we gotta do something with a linebacker. We gotta get a linebacker. And that should make Bengals fans feel good that at least they were being aggressive and trying. We're going to have, uh, to answer your question, I'll have someone that can answer your question more in depth. We'll have Jay Morrison on uh, at 4.15, uh, and I'll make sure to get into that with him about who are some of the possible targets that they are looking at here this week. Um, we don't, don't expect them to be too aggressive free agent-wise, but I do feel good that they were at least trying to address one of their needs in the free agent market for an elite, you know, a pretty good player. It wasn't just a bottom-of-the-barrel guy. So good for them, but they got to get a deal done. They have to. You can't address every need in the draft. You just can't. Charlie, you still there? Or did you lose signal in the toilet paper aisle? 
I think we lost Charlie. Charlie, call back if you have more. Uh, but Jay Morrison uh, with The Athletic covers the Cincinnati Bengals. He'll join us coming up at 4.15. We'll also have ESPN's Jake Trotter, Browns beat writer, at 4.30. So we'll do a 4.15, 4.30 Bengals-Browns hit again uh, with some of the reporters out there to get an idea for, of what both teams are really looking to accomplish here in the coming weeks leading into the draft uh, and what their goals are as far as free agency goes. But 4.57, 9.46. Uh, this again, Jeremy Fowler put this out that the Bengals were trying aggressively to get linebacker Joe Schobert, but wouldn't match the Jacksonville Jaguars' final asking price, which is a five-year, $53 million deal. Bengals fans, four five seven nine four six four, are you okay? Are you are, are you okay with the Bengals showing a little discipline there, not being willing to overspend to get him? Or do you believe that the Bengals made a mistake? Do they need to overspend to be able to get some talent to work with here? That's the question. I have no problem with the Bengals not overspending to get him, but they are going to have to overspend to get a free agent or two at some point. Why not start with him? We'll take the rest of your calls when we come back. people don't like doing taxes, but H&R Block Tax Pros love it. And with an average of 10 years experience, they know how to get your maximum refund. So walk in or make an appointment today. Now, back to the Kinner and Schlemmer Show on 1410 ESPN Radio. Welcome you back. Justin Kenner with you here on the Kenner and Slummer Show. Dayton's ESPN radio station, 1410 a.m. Still no word on whether the deal between the Phil- uh, between Philip Rivers and the Colts, we don't know if that's final yet. Uh, we keep hearing that they're close to a deal. Keep in mind, many felt that that deal would have been as good as done earlier this morning. But I do believe that the Tom Brady news honestly probably slowed down those conversations. Now, I'm just that's an assumption here. Um, I still think that Tom Brady, when you look at the teams that make a lot of sense for him, yes, people keep saying the Chargers. That's been a team that we've been talking about as a potential landing spot for Tom Brady, even going back into the middle of last season when the talks of Tom Brady potentially leaving even began. Um the Bucks obviously have become a team that have really picked up momentum over the last couple weeks when you start talking about potential landing spots. But I've always thought that the Colts, when you look at the makeup of the organization, uh, you look at the talent that they have, strong run game, great offensive line, strong defense that they just bolstered yesterday with the huge move that they made with the Niners. So you look at what the what the Colts have, that presentation there, it's pretty Enticing. If you're Tom Brady, if you're looking for a spot, people keep bringing up, oh, let's go to Tampa because it's warm there. Well, you're playing Indianapolis, you're playing in a dome. That doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. So the Tampa thing, and again, Ron messaged me. He sent this in during the break saying that Tampa had the third-ranked offense last year. But, yes, one of the worst turnover teams, though. Again, 30 for 30. That was that was Jameis Winston. He was going to throw you a lot of touchdowns. He's going to score you a lot of points. But he was also... When to continue to be a thorn in your side as he was going to always put you behind the eight ball when he throws those interceptions. You cannot turn the ball over. And uh, I thought we were getting to a point in the NFL where we were starting to accept turnovers a little more. And what I mean by that is we started seeing a lot of interception numbers increase over the years. Like we were almost praising Jameis Winston for his 30 touchdowns, saying, well, at least he's throwing 30 touchdowns with the 30 interceptions. And you look at the picks that uh, Baker Mayfield throws, I mean, that's one reason that I think when you look at the Browns and the fact that they are being a little bit cautious with how they're going about uh, bringing in a backup quarterback, bringing in Case Keenum, I think that Baker Mayfield could be another Jameis Winston. If Baker Mayfield does not clean up the turnover problem, Baker Mayfield will be looking for a job here sooner rather than later. Jameis Winston's a prime example of that. 
like as a Browns fan, like I'm looking at Baker Mayfield. I'm a big fan of how he could throw the ball and the plays that he could make. But Jameis Winston is a prime example of why throwing touchdowns is not good enough whenever you're throwing interceptions as well. You can't. I mean, they neutralize one another. I mean, Jameis Winston, for every touchdown he threw last year, he threw an interception. You cannot have that. The interceptions basically wipe out the touchdowns. That's the issue that they ran into last year. You look at Baker Mayfield. Very similar to Jameis Winston. I mean, not really style-wise, but the ability to make plays with your arm. He he has the potential to run an explosive offense. But he also has the potential to run a Jameis Winston-style offense that's going to you know, kill drives by forcing a ball and forcing an interception. That's the problem. So if you're Baker Mayfield, if you're the Cleveland Browns, getting Case Keenum, I'm not a Case Keenum guy, but at the same time, I do believe that the Browns knew what they were doing. As the caller said earlier, a security blanket, it could be the writings on the wall, it could be a message to Baker Mayfield saying, hey, we didn't just go get any old bum backup quarterback. We got a guy that has won in this league, that has won in this league under head coach you know, Kevin Stefanski. You know, and that's one of the best years that Stefanski, you know, had as, you know, with the Vikings as offensive coordinator was during that stretch. So that is a message to Baker. And I hope that it resonates with him. I really do. Jameis Winston's a prime example of that. But you look at the quarterbacks that are still looking for jobs. Tom Brady, Andy Dalton, Cam Newton, Jameis Winston, technically Phillip Rivers. All right, Ryan Tanhill was a part of that conversation. He, of course, re-signs with the Titans. You look at Marcus Mariota, former Titans quarterback. He signs as a backup quarterback with uh, the Raiders. Uh, Rivers to Colts final. Okay, so as I'm saying that, so Phillip Rivers, you could officially take him off that list. Tom Brady to the Colts will not happen now. All right, so Dak Prescott, another guy that was a a potential free agent, a restricted free agent. Of course, we see that the Cowboys tagged him last night using their exclusive tag on him. He's not going anywhere. They end up signing a huge five-year deal for Amari Cooper. Five years, $100 million. I think they vastly overpaid for him. I think there was there's a ton of talent in the NFL draft this year at wide receiver. All right, if you really wanted a skilled receiver that you wanted to overpay for, you should have been in the conversations with, the, with Houston to be able to get Hopkins. The Cowboys didn't do that. I think it's a mistake. If you were willing to spend that much for a receiver, you should have done it for a better quality receiver. Amari Cooper is good, but he's not elite. And to make him one of those the highest-paid receivers in football, I'm not okay with that. Not what, not one little bit. So Tom, you could take Philip Rivers off that list now. So Tom Brady needs a spot. Andy Dalton needs a spot. Cam Newton needs a job. Jameis Winston needs a job. All right, we know that Joe Burrow is going to go to the Bengals. But how about Jacob Eason? How about Justin Herbert? Tua Tagovailoa? These are guys that still are going to need jobs. You know, what if the Lions decide that they want to go ahead and draft a two attack of Arloa? I mean, most likely you're going to keep uh, your quarterback for one more year, or you're going to have to look to trade him. That's the thing. Like, there are so many moving parts right now. Cam Newton might be the best quarterback when healthy, okay? A healthy Tom Brady, a healthy Andy Dalton, a healthy Jameis Winston. Cam Newton is probably, when healthy, the best quarterback remaining. An MVP quarterback, a quarterback that has taken his team to a Super Bowl. When healthy, Cam Newton is the best quarterback available right now. Right now. All right, it's the Kenner Slummer Show right here on ESPN 1410 Wing AM. We'll step away for a few moments. We'll pick up with this on the other side of the break. Is Cam Newton the best quarterback remaining of all the available quarterbacks? And why are teams so hesitant to go after the former MVP quarterback who has taken his team to a Super Bowl before? Plus an hour two, Bengals writer Jay Morrison with The Athletic. 415 at 430, ESPN's Jake Trotter with the Cleveland Browns. He joins us as well. A lot more NFL free agency talk coming up in hour two. Don't go anywhere.
two. The Kenner and Schlemmer Show. Justin Kenner back with you here. Coming up at 4.15, Jay Morrison with The Athletic. We'll talk Bengals. Off-season news and notes and NFL free agency. A lot of teams who were not so great last year wasting no time and trying to better their teams here in their opening days of NFL free agency. The NFL draft around the corner. We'll talk with Jay Morrison from The Athletic at 4.15 about why the Bengals have not been aggressive in free agency. And will they be? We'll get to that coming up here in 15 minutes. And at 4.30, we'll talk Browns with ESPN's Jake Trotter. Jake Trotter, of course, the Browns beat writer. We'll get to him coming up right after Jay Morrison. So Browns, uh, Bengals, Browns, uh, riders back-to-back to be able to kind of give us a little bit more insight as to what's going on as both teams navigate their way to the draft where they will look to put the finishing touches on the product heading into the 2020 season, which right now is presumed to start on time. But you know anything can happen in the world sports as we've witnessed <laughs> over this past month. Justin Kenner with you here. If you want to call into the show, you could do so now. 457-9464. The big news today, of course, Tom Brady not just, he hasn't announced exactly where he's going, but he has announced that he where he will not be returning to, and that is the New England Patriots. He put out a message on his social media platforms today, Instagram, Facebook, and others, bidding farewell to the Patriot fan base after 20 years with the organization. At 42 years old, will look to move on and take his talents elsewhere. Right now, it looks as if a couple of reports that I'm seeing show the Buccaneers have basically come to a final deal with him. Uh, Brandon, is that what you're saying too? That's that they'll announce it too. tomorrow. Yep, I was about to say that they said that they, Tom Brady's done, the, the deal is done, and they're just going to announce it tomorrow. That's what I'm seeing. That's bucking crazy. Yeah, that that is weird. Even though I didn't think, well, I thought if he left New England, that the Chargers, if they got an offensive line, would be a good spot. But I just I didn't expect the Bucks the whole time, even with the rumors and all the top the it's talk. The Bucks. Behind, I didn't see it. P year. Right. You're not gonna expect that. AJ Green's old. Tyler Boyd's older. Dunlap and Atkins, they're older. Like you don't really have time for a quarterback to be built up. It's gonna be more of a learning experience yeah, for like him. Cam Newton, you're healthy. You come kick ass, you win right now. If the Bengals were able to get that Schobert deal done a little bit ago, now you're cooking with something. Then you go and you get a Chase Young. I'm just saying, like a healthy Cam Newton. I just, I'm surprised, I don't know. I don't know what the health situation is like for him, and I think right now he's been a diva in the past. That could be another thing, too. Um, I'm not a big Cam Newton fan, but I do know that he's the best quarterback available right now, and that includes the rookies coming in, whether it be Jacob Easton, Justin Herbert, Tua Tagovailoa, and that includes Joe Burrow. The Bengals, if Cam Newton's healthy, are better off with Cam Newton than Joe Burrow. It'll never happen. Don't worry, folks. I'm not even pushing for it to happen, but I am saying basically it that would make more sense. Cam Newton with A.J. Green, with Boyd, with Mixon, all right? Uh, you know, and then the defense, if you don't have to draft a quarterback, if they were able to get that Schobert deal done, you know, if they were able to be a, a little aggressive, I mean, imagine getting a Chase, uh, you know, Chase Young. I mean, come on. I'm just saying. The Bengals, there is an avenue to improve drastically and quickly, but that's so un-Bengal-like it'll never happen. It would never, never happen. It never would. But Cam Newton could end up coming back next year and just flopping completely, so who knows. Yeah. I don't know where Cam Newton ends up. The Chargers? The Chargers? I mean, I think I Jameis know. Winston ends up with the Chargers. Jameis Winston? Mm-hmm. You know, I think Andy Dalton or Jameis Winston to the, to the Bears. Maybe the Bears want a playmaker over there. I think a team will take a chance on Jameis Winston. I think oh, they'll, take a chance. Take they'll take a chance because of his playmaking ability. Let's go to uh, Steve in Fairborn. What up, Steve? How are you? I'm good, man. I will say it's a happy day for all AFC East fans. <laughs> the sun came out today, right? <laughs> yeah, me being a Dolphin fan especially. Oh, yeah? Okay. Like, my God. But, I mean, how much do you think Tom Brady's really worth? I mean, I wouldn't want him on my team. 
I would not give him a multi-year deal. He's father time. I mean, there's no way. He's got a definite drop-off last year, and Tampa Bay's got no shot with him to go anywhere. I'm I'm still trying to get my head around why this thing with the Patriots didn't come to pass. I mean, Belichick's got to be the reason. Yeah, I think it was. It's a business decision. It's uh, the Bucks become interesting. Watch how many more Sunday night, Monday night, Thursday night football games the Bucks are going to be in moving forward. Um, I don't think, and to be honest, I thought this entire time that the only team that was a Tom Brady away from being a Super Bowl contender was the team he was already on. I thought it was a lot easier for the Patriots to add weapons around him there than it would be for any team to bring him in and try to put weapons around him there. So. I'm with you, Steve. I don't. I mean, I'm not that excited about this Tom Brady news. I think it's actually disappointing. I was never a Patriots fan or a Tom Brady fan, but I'm one of those where I thoroughly enjoyed watching him growing up. Uh, you know, if the, if the Patriots were on, I watched him. I watched you know Tom Brady and the Patriots to watch him lose, but I watched him. The Tom Brady era is done. The Patriots era is done. It'll be interesting. Now, if Andy Dalton goes to the Patriots, it would be interesting to see what Bill Belichick could do with him. To be honest with you. Well, I mean, this is typical Belichick, I think. I mean, he's proven time and time again it doesn't matter who the player is. got the work he thinks that he's going to get out of you, it's time to go. You know, and he did prove it again with Tom Brady. So, I don't know uh, as far as Tampa Bay, what their record's going to be. He's got some pieces he can work with, but he's not the most mobile guy, and Jameis Winston was on the roll all the time. So, he's going to spend a lot of time on his back. If he can stay healthy, <laughs> you know what I mean. Uh huh. So I mean so, that's uh, like a, the Bucks move just made no sense. The Bucks charges. I thought the Colts made way more sense for him than anything else. If he was going to leave, to be honest, I thought Dallas made more sense. If Dallas was going to screw around with putting the franchise tag on Dak, they might as well have moved on from him and brought Brady in. I thought, to be honest, when I said earlier there wasn't a team that was a Tom Brady away, I believe that the Dallas Cowboys were a Tom Brady away from potentially being Super Bowl contenders. Um, that I, I do believe. Especially with Amari Cooper and Zeke Elliott and that offensive line and that defense, I would have loved to see Tom Brady in Dallas more so than anything else. As far as a place where he can contend right away. Yeah, I would like to see him actually go to Oakland just because of the whole Gruden, you know, thing Gruden, him to see uh, they could have done. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, both Vegas, but I mean, that, that's obviously not going to happen. But let, let's talk about the Dolphins a little bit. My Dolphins are... Who'd they just get? The they just got a corner that they made the highest paid corner. Who'd they just sign? Jones. Jones, the Dallas okay. Cowboys. That's, that's right. a oh, bad yeah. move. But them getting <laughs> Ed Van Oy and Flowers, who's probably the worst left tackle in history, why are you <laughs> signing these people to try to, you know, come to uh, the Dolphins. It's not good. Flowers is terrible. He shouldn't even be playing football. There's no way. How many chances has he got to, by the way? I mean, he's been floating around from team, bad team to bad team. Um, well, well, the only thing I can think I might do is make him guard because he can't play left tackle. And I, I'm hearing that the Bengals are maybe getting off of Burrow going towards here in this. No, I'm not, but I'm interested in anything you're hearing about that. Anything to, you know, at this point, what are you hearing? Well, I'm hearing that they're they're interested in, in maybe Tua depends you know on how things shake out as health wise rather than uh, Burrow. Uh, look, uh, if you're going to take a chance on someone based on health, I would rather see them go after Cam Newton, and I don't see them take from. I mean, Mike Brown would really lose his marbles if he did that. I'm a Tua guy. If uh, the, if Joe Burrow wasn't an Ohio guy, I would be honestly pushing for Tua over Burrow, but I'm not going to right now because I think Burrow makes more sense for Cincinnati at this point. Uh, but I wish they would go to the free agent market. If if Cam Newton, if reports come out that he's a million percent healthy and cleared and ready to go, Cam Newton would be amazing with A.J. Green and Boyd uh, and Mixon. I, 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 yeah. mean, I truly well, believe he, that. He can't stay healthy. That, that's the problem with Cam Newton, and that's the reason as a Dolphin fan I don't want Tua either. 
Yeah. But I don't think Tua is going to stay healthy in the NFL. He just got too many things. He had knees in, in high school and ankles in, in college, and now the hip thing. You got to remember, all these guys are you know six three, six four, six seven, three hundred pounds, and all of them can run you know like deer. So, yep. but Steve, I, that's my producer just hit my music, so that means I got to get rolling. I got to right, get. We got a guest coming up. Hey, I appreciate the call, man. Good hearing from you. All right, uh, that does it on the calls for the time being. Uh, let's pick up with some more Bengals chatter on the other side. Jay Morrison, Bengals writer from The Athletic. We'll talk with uh, what Jay is hearing in regards to what are the Bengals' targets as far as free agency is concerned and should we expect a busy week for the Bengals as the draft not too off in the far distance. We'll get to all that with Jay Morrison, Bengals writer from The Athletic, when we come back. What? Save big during O'Reilly Auto Parts Power Torque Tools DIY Day Sale. We have great deals on socket sets, impact wrenches, and more. Need a new battery? Right now, get up to a $15 O'Reilly Auto Parts gift card after mail-in rebate when you purchase select Superstart batteries. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Progressive presents Get Pumped. Inspiration to help you do insurance stuff. Hey, are you just going to stand there and let people not give you credit for being a good driver? You deserve discounts on car insurance, and that's what Snapshot from Progressive is for. So why aren't you signing up? You need The Kinner and Schlemmer Show on 1410 ESPN Radio. Jay Morrison, Bengals writer from The Athletic. He joins us here on the Kidder and Schlemmer Show. Jay, welcome in. How are you? Uh, doing great, Justin. How are you? Good. Now, again, I almost jinxed you from earlier today. You almost did have something to write about just a little bit ago. <laughs> almost, but uh, as is Swinging the case, uh, <laughs> the, uh, the, the Bengals are very good at try hard, but not... Not so much at actually winning whatever they're pursuing. Now, with that being said, like we know that this team has a lot of holes that they need to try to address, whether it be in free agency or the draft, but <laughs> history tells us that those holes will be looked to be filled in the draft coming up. Uh, but did it surprise you at all that they were so aggressive in, in pursuing Schobert? Obviously, the Jaguars coming out on top, outbidding the Bengals for a five-year, $53 million deal. Look, that's why the Browns moved on from him. That's the deal that Schobert wanted. The Browns were not willing to pay that much to keep him, um, and he ultimately got the money he was looking for in the marketing guy. It, but were you surprised that the Bengals were right there in the in the thick of things trying to land him? Uh, yes and no. Um, I, I think I thought Schobert would be one of the first linebackers off the board on, on Monday, and and then would kind of set the market, and things would trickle down from there. Uh, the fact that it was some of the smaller price guys that went first really kind of forced the Bengals' hand. Um, they, at least one. Bengals executive over in Indianapolis was kind of scoffing at the notion that that Schobert was worth ten million a year, and that's that's right around the range where you know it kind of broke. He ended up getting more than that five years, fifty three million. Not sure where the Bengals tapped out, but they were in it right to the end. So that is surprising. It, it you know it, it kind of the cheap label kind of takes a hit there, but. It wasn't so much being cheap, it was being timid because all those other linebackers are off the board. Your hand is kind of forced. At some point, you got to step up and say, hey, maybe this guy isn't worth that, but look where we're at. We've put ourselves in a horrible position with the way we've drafted linebackers, and we have to overspend for a guy at some point and get a quality linebacker in here. 
Yeah, I know what you're talking I mean, with the, the perception of the cheap label, of course, and that's what you see immediate reaction on social media being that. Uh, but I said earlier, look, I'm always the first to try and po- poke at the flaws of the Bengals. But at the same time, I don't think that this was a flaw of them at whatsoever uh, because there's a reason that the Browns weren't willing to keep them because the same things that the Bengals weren't willing to you know, agree with were the same things the Browns did not want long-term as well. Now, look, we know that the Bengals have to address the linebacker position. How much more activity do you expect from them in pursuing guys throughout free agency this week? Well, yeah, see, this is where I really thought they were, they were going to be active would be in the second wave. So I didn't really expect anything to happen Monday or Tuesday. It was, you know, let that, that first wave of craziness kind of wash over all the teams. And then, like, a guy like Kwiatkowski from the Bears, I thought he would be in that second wave. And and the the Bengals were in on him right up to the end, too. Uh, And he ended up up going with the Raiders. And, I mean, you think about it, where the the Bengals are at, they they could have maybe even had a better offer. I don't know that they did. But if you're a linebacker and you're deciding between Las Vegas or Cincinnati, you're you're not going to go to Cincinnati unless they're overpaying you. And, And... where, the, where this Bengals team could really make some headroom is because Zach, is, Zach Taylor is so impressive to talk to. It, with, with all these visits being canceled with the virus, they can't get guys in the building and kind of sell them on who they are and their vision. It's, it's all done over the phone. It's impersonal. And obviously these players are going to gonna go with the money and that they're going to go with teams with history. And but, but I think this, this virus situation is, is really hurting the Bengals right now. Were you surprised that the league allowed the free agency period to hit right now? Were you, were you expecting them to maybe push that back a bit, or where were you on that? Uh, I think it's a horrible decision, but I'm not surprised at all that the NFL's been tone deaf for years. Um, <laughs> it's just a bad look. It's, it's, yeah, you can do all this stuff over the phone and, and, and conduct business and uh, sign contracts over faxes and do that kind of stuff, but yeah, there, there's a lot of people out there hurting. There are a lot of people losing their jobs or making reduced money, businesses, small businesses in, in danger of closing. I mean, everybody's struggling right now, and they're just dancing around like business as usual, throwing millions of dollars around. I just think it's a really bad look. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you got people who are figuring out how they're going to pay their bills if their business, you know, if their place of employment, you know, closes for a month, two months, three months at a time, and then people are upset because, hey, Schobert wanted $53 million and uh, your team didn't pay it to him. So it's kind of yeah. like, you know, I definitely get it. Uh, now, with the draft coming up, too, around the corner, I think it's safe to say we know who the Bengals are taking at that point, which, of course, we know who their new quarterback will be in Joe Burrow, but there's right now the, the big conversation about Andy Dalton. And it's funny, with Tom Brady right now, our report's indicating that you know him and the Bucks are are a pair. Philip Rivers now with the Colts. We saw Teddy Bridgewater to the Panthers. You know Andy Dalton, Cam Newton, Jameis Winston. Those seem to be the three biggest names available. And if the Bears go after Andy Dalton too or Nick Foles, does Trubisky become an available quarterback? That's another question. But Andy Dalton on the uh, market right now and the trade value, as far as you're concerned, what is a realistic return that the Bengals can get uh, for Andy Dalton, whether it be with the Bears or the Patriots at this point? Yeah, I always thought all along it would be about a fourth-round pick. Um, if, if they could get a third, they should jump and get it as fast as possible. I know that uh, Lindsey Jones from The Athletic uh, reported that there was at the Combine there was a GM that thought uh, the, the Bengals could possibly fetch a second-round pick for Dalton. I think that, that that's crazy. I don't know where that came from. But, um, yeah, if they can get a fourth, they should take it. Like I said, if they get into the third, they should run to the fax machine and get that get that deal into the league as soon as possible. Um, 
the the worry is that they're going to end up with no deal, and they're going to end up having to cut him and get nothing for him. Um, you can't keep him around. You can't pay your backup quarterback seventeen and a half million. So um, they need to get whatever they can get. Uh, I still think New England is a, a possible landing spot. It's just um, you know Bill Belichick kind of went out of his way to, to praise Andy Dalton this year when they played, and they, he Bill has a, a, a really long history of trading with the Bengals, and I, I just I I think that's an ideal fit for you know they've got Jarrett Stidham and then they could possibly roll with him, but if, if you're looking for a bridge guy, bring Andy Dalton in one year deal, seventeen or not one year deal, but he's got one year left, seventeen million. Uh, you know, just kind of the, he, he's not the brash, outspoken kind of guy that would kind of ruffle feathers in New England. I, I just think he's a perfect fit there with, with Belichick and that system. Now, we know that, like, uh, Cam Newton not happy right now with, with the Panthers, which is why he's, you know, leaving the Panthers, which is why the Panthers ultimately signed Teddy Bridgewater today. Uh, but the, the reports came out, look, the, the Panthers are working with Cam Newton to find a, a destination for him that makes sense. Uh, is there communication between Dalton and the Bengals front office to, to get a deal that makes sense? Are the Bengals going to do what's best for them or do what's best for Dalton or try to find a, a happy medium there? Yeah, well, Duke Duke Tobin, the director of player personnel, came out at, at the senior bowl and, and told us yes, they were gonna they were gonna take Andy into account in any deal. They were gonna, they were gonna do right by Andy was the words he used, and um, I get that. This is this is an organization built on loyalty, and, and Andy has meant so much to them. And but that was my question when he said that immediately. Like, well, what what if a terrible situation arises and they're offering a second round <laughs> pick? You you have to take it, but. If a team's going to offer that high of a pick, they are probably intending to make Dalton their starter. And that's when when he says "do right by Andy," I think that's that's what that means. It's not a warm climate or anything else. It's it's a chance to go be a starter somewhere. So if a team's going to offer a really high pick, I you, know, you would think they're going to want to install Andy as their starter. So I don't think I don't think there's any conflict there. And I do think it's interesting that that they're willing to take uh, in his feelings into consideration and do right by him, but that's just kind of the way this organization works. All right, Jay Morrison with The Athletic covers the Cincinnati Bengals, of course. Uh, we'll send you out with this. Do you sense an increased urgency when you look at the AFC North right now? I mean, look, you look at last year, it was it was probably one of the weakest AFC North divisions that I can remember in quite some time, uh, but the Ravens, they bulked up. I mean, they took two fifth-round picks, uh, were able to turn it into two key defensive starters. Uh, you look at what the Browns did yesterday, you know that the Steelers aren't going to be quiet for long. Is there any urgency that, look, the Bengals know that there's going to be some fresher faces coming, Joe Burrow and others, whoever they get through the draft, but with what the rest of the division is doing, is that is that increasing urgency in regards to getting some key players in free agency, in your opinion? Um, I think it is. They, it, it's not super urgent because I still feel like you know this is going to be kind of that bridge year, and then the, the window of opportunity for making the playoffs really kind of opens up in 2021 once, once Burrow has a season under his belt. And, but they do need to start getting some pieces in place, so it's it's you don't want to go out like what they've done in the past and go out and sign an aging linebacker to a one-year contract you know an aj hawk uh, carlos dansby um kevin mentor you don't want to do that they, they still need to find younger talent that they can build around um i, I do think we're going to see them grab two or three defensive guys you know once the second wave starts thursday or friday and they're not going to be wow eye-popping names but they are going to be guys that they can plug in the key for for starting roles 
All right, give Jay Morrison a follow on Twitter, at ATH. Give him a follow. Uh, Bengals beat writer for The Athletic does a fantastic job. Jay, thanks so much uh, for giving me a little bit of your time today. Uh, now stay safe out there. All right, thanks, Justin. All right, again, we'll have that interview up on the website at wingam.com. Make sure you're subscribing and downloading to the Kinder and Schlumber Show podcast. You'll have access to full shows, select segments, all interviews that we do are hubbed right there. You can also find it at wingam.com. One interview down, another interview to go. When we come back, we just talked about the Bengals, of course, uh, with the beat writer for the Bengals from the Athletic and Jay Morrison, but when we come back we'll talk with the beat writer for the Cleveland Browns Jake Trotter from ESPN. He joins us next. We'll talk about the Browns' big day, of course, as they made a huge splash in the free agency period to open things up for the NFL. We'll get to that with Jake next. What's next for the Browns? Don't go anywhere. Mike? What are you doing? I'm getting ready for Drive One Car and Truck Spring Sale. That sounds great, but why are you revving your car up like that? Well, they say if you ain't first, you're last. And I want to get those deals before they're gone. Drive One has two locations in Springfield. One lot with pickup trucks and large SUVs, and the other with cars and crossovers. Check them out on Facebook and see all the great things people say. They service and back their cars with a limited powertrain warranty for six months. They do things the right way. And online at driveonecarandtruck.com. Liberty Mutual Insurance Company presents And Doug Welcome to Burger Palace, what would you like today? Yes, I'd like to tell you that Liberty Mutual customizes your car insurance so you only pay for what you need This is Burger Palace Do you want any food? Yes, uh, one palace party meal No, Limu, they won't put insects on a burger No, you can't talk to the manager Liberty, 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 Liberty Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Investments and securities involve the risk of loss. Election? Trade war? What in the world is the world coming to? And how will it affect your retirement? Fisher Investments has helped thousands of investors navigate all kinds of news and market conditions. Is your portfolio prepared? If you have $500,000 or more, call for Fisher's insightful free guide, The Stock Market Outlook, and learn how the market might impact your retirement this year. Call 1-800-885-3737. one 885 Absolutely. Again, congratulations to Dayton's own Keith Byers. Again, you can tune into the Keith Byers Show Mondays from noon to one. Keith Byers selected to the 2020 College Football Hall of Fame class, and we cannot be more happy for him. Again, congratulations to Keith Byers. How about this? Uh, Jason Witten joins the Raiders on a one-year deal. I mean, all of these deals coming in left and right, trying to keep up with as many of them as possible. And someone that I know will understand how difficult that is. You know, pass protection in Jack Conklin, and then obviously getting Austin Hooper a tight end that should really help him in, in play action and in the red zone. So, uh, you know, I think day one was definitely a success for Cleveland because they had three goals and they hit all three of them, and now they can focus on the defensive side, especially with the number 10 pick in the draft, which they can obviously go get the left tackle of the future. Of course, the big, uh, you know, when when Schobert, by the way, left, we knew what, what kind of money he was going to be asking for, which is one reason the Browns chose not to bring him back. And it's funny, he got his money. I mean, he came down between the Bengals and the Jaguars, obviously he got his money a little bit ago. I'm one of those where I don't freak out about the names that leave the roster until the everything's said and done, I mean, of who they're going to fill those gaps with. Are they going to be a little more aggressive free agent-wise, or are they going to fill the rest of the gaps come the draft? I mean, what what is your vision for how they're going to go about doing this? Yeah, I mean, I think that, that they've signed their big ticket guys. And so now they're going to be looking at, you know, veterans, guys that 
can fill some depth. I mean, they, they, they could sign guys at really every level of their defense. I mean, they, they need two starting safeties at the moment, probably a veteran linebacker, uh, you know, maybe a nickel option uh, with uh, T.J. Carey being let go uh, uh, earlier in the offseason period. You know, they, they might need a rotation defensive tackle when you look at their roster. And then if they move on from Olivier Vernon, who currently is their highest-paid player uh, but, but doesn't have a, a high guarantee, then, you know, they're going to need a pass rusher as well. So they, they have a lot of holes they're going to have to feel. I mean, I think they want to, you know, sign two to three veterans if they can uh, in free agency. And then, you know, you look at the draft and you can, you know, you, you pick your left tackle at number 10. Maybe you trade down a couple spots and get an extra pick. Uh, and then, you know, second round, you can look at safety. You know, in the third round, they have an extra third-round pick from the Duke-Johnson trade. You know, you can look at, you know, another linebacker, maybe, you know, a developmental defensive lineman, you know, p- potentially a right guard uh, because they do have a, you know, hole there as well still. So um, I, I think that now they're looking at depth. They're, they, they've got the guys that I think are high impact uh, all on the offensive side, especially obviously Hooper and, and Conklin. And now it's about, you know, plugging the, the, the smaller holes uh, along the defense at every level. Uh, Jake, you talked about, look, they got their three. I mean, they had three goals in mind, and they were able to knock every single one of them out to start free agency. Uh, I hear a lot of Browns fans here in Dayton talk about being cautiously optimistic because uh, a lot of non-Browns fans like to remind everyone about how good an offseason the Browns had last year and how that didn't really result in the results that they were aiming for. Why, with the res- with what they were able to accomplish yesterday, what is different about this Stefanski-led team that should make Browns fans feel confident that the changes made this year is going to lead to success on the field next year as well? And I think it's a, a fair point. You know, this, this team has not done anything on the field. So, there, you know, there was a lot of AFC North crowning going on mm-hmm. after the OBJ trade. You know, this was a team that a lot of people thought had a chance to get to the Super Bowl. Um, and obviously this team was not ready and, and had way too many holes. Uh, to overcome, you know, to, to, to overcome them. So I, I think it's fair to, to have a little bit of skepticism, but if you look at where this team really struggled last year offensively, they couldn't protect Baker Mayfield, and I think that led to an array of problems. So, uh, you know, getting Conklin, you know, potentially drafting a left tackle, uh, I think could, and then obviously getting, you know, Austin Hooper, who, who, who can do a lot of different things out of the tight end position. You know, as well, you're going to find out whether Baker Mayfield is your franchise quarterback next year. I mean, the moves that they made, they're giving him everything that he needs. And I, I think that, you know, if it doesn't go well, then you're back to square one anyway. So you, you got to give yourself a chance to, to see what he can do. And, you know, we'll see. I mean, I, I have a little bit of skepticism too based on what I saw, but I, I think that the approach that they have taken uh, has been really smart and really addressed. Uh, you know, a lot of the, the shortcomings offensively last year. Now, with that being said, I found this interesting. I mean, not every backup quarterback that is signed is always a one-year deal, but I thought three years, 18 mil was interesting. I think you look at the, the timeline of where that third year would fall would be happen to be that year after Baker Mayfield's fourth year uh, with the team. Is that it was is Case Keenum not just a security blanket for your typical backup quarterback, but a security blanket uh, for years from now if Baker Mayfield doesn't pan out to be the guy? No, I don't think that's why they signed him. I think that they signed him, A, because they feel like he's going to be a great mentor for Baker. You know, his, his college coach, his college quarterback's coach, rather, was Cliff Kingsbury, who Baker played for for one year at Tech. Uh, they have very similar backgrounds in terms of, uh, you know, the offenses that they played at in, in the college level, you know, variants of the, the, the Mike Lee, Jair Raid, 
Uh, in terms of stature, you know, their profile is a very similar style of play. Uh, you can draw some parallels as well. So um, I just think stylistically it makes some sense. You always kind of want to match up your backup quarterback uh, to your starter so you don't have to change offenses if, if Case has to play, you know, a game or a quarter here or there. Um, but this was not a, you know, a, an alternative plan to Baker Mayfield. This was to see what they could do to help Baker as much as possible. And, and I think a big part of the signing was trying to find Baker the right mentor, you know, going into his year three, year four, and year five seasons. All right, we have ESPN's Jake Trotter with us here, Browns beat writer for ESPN.com. Good enough to join us here on the Kinner and Schlemmer Show. I love the Austin Hooper signing. Again, making him the highest-paid tight end in football right now. I think it caught some people off guard who aren't following the the details of the offseason right now. What can you tell us about Njoku's role moving forward? Is there some issues behind the scenes? And is what's Njoku's future with the Browns? Yeah, I mean, there was no, no offense that used multiple tight ends more than Kevin Stefanski in Minnesota last year. I think it was 50%, 57% of the time uh, they had at least two tight ends on the field. And so uh, I, I think that this doesn't mean that they're moving on from Njoku. Right now the plan is, you know, that's going to be, when they go two tight end sets, it's going to be Hooper, it's going to be Njoku. And, wow. uh, you know, had a really disappointing season last year, but, uh, you know, it's had, had some moments, particularly in 2018 with Baker. Uh, so I think they're going to, you know, try to get him back on track. If somebody calls with an offer, they're going to listen. Uh, but at this point, the plan is to move forward with those two guys uh, as the tight ends. That's going to be interesting, too. And Kareem Hunt, the plan for Kareem Hunt in next year is what? I mean, he's going to be with the team, correct? Well, they, they placed a second-round uh, tender on him. You know, mm-hmm. he can go out and try to find a deal. The Browns will have the option to match. I mean, unless it's something outrageous, though, I would, I would imagine that, that he's going to be back with the team. Wow, this team's set up. I mean, they are stacked offensively, and of course, the one, the the glue that brings all those pieces together, obviously, is going to be Baker Mayfield. I'll send you out with this last question here. ESPN's Jake Trotter, Baker Mayfield, rookie season, Baker Mayfield, sophomore season. What's who is Baker Mayfield? You followed him throughout his college career when you worked, uh, you know, followed him at Oklahoma. Who is Baker Mayfield in the pros right now? Are you more confident that he's more of what you saw the first year, or are you worried it's more of what you saw last year? Well. I think that when you look at what happened last season, you know, whether it was the coaching staff, the quarterback room, you know, the pass protection, and even with the wide receivers, you know, not being able to practice, you know, not always being as precise in their route running throughout the year, there's no question that Baker didn't play well. But I think there were a lot of things that amplified, uh, you know, his play, his poor play, um, that, that maybe were outside of his control. I think they've done a good job so far in addressing that, the franchise, uh, you know, since the season ended. So I'm going to go with, uh, you know, he's closer to what we saw his rookie season. I mean, he was, you know, fantastic, obviously, at Oklahoma. You know, there was a lot of tape on him, three years' worth, uh, where he played at a high level and he replicated that his first season with the Browns. Um, you know, I think there's, there's reason to be a little bit skeptical when you look at some of the teams he's defeated um, and, and some of the ways that those wins came. Uh, in, in 2018, but just kind of seen it up close and personal last year, uh, the dysfunction that he operated within, uh, you know, I think there's good reason to believe that he'll have a big bounce back here in 2020. All right. Well, ESPN's Jake Trotter, Browns beat writer, good enough to join us. Jake, thanks so much for your time. Much appreciated. Anytime. All right, good stuff. We'll have that interview also available at wingam.com. Brandon, if you stop that too, that would be awesome. Um,
interesting stuff there. So it sounds like, and we'll dissect this more and take some of your calls. By the way, the Bengals just did make a move uh, in the middle of that interview. We'll talk about what the Bengals just did. Interesting move there. I like, I mean, again, the Bengals taking care of business, attacking uh, a need. Uh, and I think that's something to keep in mind moving forward of what exactly you're expecting uh, from the Bengals. But a lot to dissect there. Jay Morrison, great stuff from him when it came to the Bengals. Uh, covers the Bengals for the Athletic. That was Jake Trotter. Covers the Browns for ESPN. Great stuff from both of them. A lot to dissect. Four five seven nine four six four. What stood out to you? I made sure to ask him about the fact that, hey, look, this Browns team made a splash in free agency last year. And a lot of you Bengals fans like to point out that the Browns had, had offseason Super Bowl champs. Well, I asked him, why should we feel confident about the Browns' moves yesterday? Why should we feel confident that that will matter during this upcoming season when it didn't matter last year? Good stuff from Jake Trotter. We'll talk about all that when we come back. Don't go anywhere. I'm Terry Krupp of Laird's Tax and Accounting, serving this area's tax and accounting needs for over 80 years. Tax season is here. We invite you to discover how we can make your tax filing experience easier. Our professional staff assures your return is accurate with the maximum use of legitimate deductions. Since our founding, we have been trusted because of our knowledge of the tax code and for standing behind your return if the IRS calls. Contact us at 325-6571, information at Laird'sTax.com. Well, Jason, I've got to tell you, you're pretty much everything this company is looking for in an entry-level candidate. Great. Your resume isn't quite what we're used to, but you've got a fantastic work ethic. Thank you. And I'm impressed by how you carry yourself. So, should we talk about the job? Uh, what? The job? Oh, sorry. Yeah, I have no way of recruiting or even meeting you. This interview didn't happen. It may sound ridiculous, and that's because it kind of is. There's a huge pool of talent your company is missing out on. Meet the grads of life. Who are they? Talent worth knowing about. Young adults of unique determination and experience. An ideal fit for your company in an entry-level position, internship, or even mentorship. They might not have every qualification you typically look for, but they're exactly who your company... Holy moly! The Bengals did something, and they did it in Bengals fashion. So let me ask you guys something. Brandon, in four five seven nine four six four. If Brandon, if you know, if you have to step away, you have to step away to get that. But at any point, when you, if you had to prioritize the Bengals' needs, at any point, did defensive line was that a priority that they needed to address? You have no effing linebackers. You have a horrible secondary. Horrible. You have a horrible, unproven offensive line. You have a receiver, wide receiver that you just franchise tagged to give $18 million to who has missed 23 of his last 24 games. If you had to prioritize everything, is defensive line something you need to prioritize? I'm just curious. That would not have been the first thing I addressed. Not even second or third thing I addressed. This team needs offensive line help. Unreal. Secondary, like he said, at the linebacker, and they chose to address. I'm not mad that they addressed this position, but the deal. I'm amused. The number, the, number, the figures, four years, $53 million, making him the highest pay at that position. I don't know about that. I don't know about it either. And I'm glad that you said it because when I say it, I'm a hater, but at least Brandon, who is a Bengals fan, right? You're a Bengals fan, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, so he's a Bengals fan. Okay, so he could say it because he's a Bengals fan. When I say it, I'm a hater. When he says it, you're allowed if you're a Bengals fan. Let me ask you this, folks. Schobert was a need for the Bengals. You got outbid by the Jaguars because Schobert wanted five years, $53 million. And you said that that was too much. 
Schobert for $53 million for five years was too much. And that's a need. That's what you freaking needed. All right? Do you need help on the defensive line? Sure. But when you're prioritizing what you need as an organization, you need linebackers. You don't need extra help on that defensive line right now. Can you always need help? I mean, you trust me. You can always bulk up somewhere. I, you know, to be fair, I did criticize the Browns yesterday. I don't think that they needed to go out and get the and make a tight end the highest paid tight end in football when you already have one in Njoku. Now, unless they were going to move on from Njoku, that's one thing, but that doesn't seem to be the plan, according to Jake Trotter with ESPN, who covers the Browns that we just spoke to. I'm fired up right now. So, Schobert, who I, you know, if you're the Bengals, you're going to have to overpay to get some talent sometime. I mean, there, that is a sacrifice you are going to have to make, and I believe at linebacker, that's the position that you go ahead and make that sacrifice for. That or offensive line. And instead, you couldn't pay Schobert a position that you desperately needed. You couldn't pay him 53 over 5, but you could pay DJ Reader from the Texans, defensive lineman, you could pay him 53 over 4. What? I don't get it. And I'm just a hater. I get it. I just I want to just hate on the Bengals. That's what I like to do, apparently. But folks, help me out here. Help me out. How does that make sense? Nick, welcome. Help me out. What's right, going on? No, 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 no. I sense, I sense optimism in your voice. I don't want no. optimism. It's stupidity. Hold on. Hold on. What do the Bengals need? A new owner. They need to move out of Cincinnati. That's what that. they need. That. <laughs> but they had the worst run defense over the last two years that, that any defense has ever had. I mean, if you go back and look at the game against the 49ers, the 49ers ran the ball at will, left, right, middle. DJ Reader is the thing about him. He's a mount. He doesn't move, right? So he was what they thought they were going to get in Billings, which they never got. So if you have him and Atkins, you don't need linebackers because you're not. Oh, jeez, Nick, come on. <laughs> That's what you have to realize. They didn't get Schobert, right? Which they tried. At the same time, if you look at the money that that Reader's getting, he's not getting a high guarantee. That twenty-six million that that. Uh, Schobert's getting the guarantee is what the Bengals don't match. And that's, for whatever reason, you know, Mike Brown's cheap, we can call it whatever it is. They don't, the guarantee is where the Bengals lack. They He's not cheap. That's no a good. I mean, that's a good chunk of change he just spent. I, I've never called Mike Brown cheap. I've said he's just dumb. I just no, think he, he's dumb. He, what I mean, cheap is, is the guarantee, right? Uh-huh. If you look at, look at his contract, I don't think he's got a high guarantee. From what I just saw, it's 13 over the year, which is what the Bengals do. They will pay the money. But they spread it out over the year. They don't give you that thirty million guarantee with it, you know, to lower the number per year. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. When you have that guarantee money, like you know, when I was talking to Keith the one time, that money comes out of their pocket, right then and there, and in that player's hand. Which, with Mike Brown not having an alternate business, he's got to rely with the money that they have on hand, right? So, like Jerry Jones, when he signs that big fat guarantee, he's like, okay, here you go. Because that may I'll find it from somewhere else. So, you know, you're right. They, they didn't beat Schubert, but they still improved the defense. They still improved the run defense, which has been god-awful for the last two, three years, really, to be honest with you. No, I'd see, and then your 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 Bengal faithful coming out of the woodworks on Twitter. Oh, looks like we did something. Good for you. Good for you. And this guy, I've no clue who this is. The Browns have overpaid for free agents for years, and I called the Browns out for overpaying for free agents the last couple of years, including this year. And I will say this: What the hell do the Browns have to do with the Bengals right now? We're talking about the Bengals. The Bengals <laughs> finally did something, and like usual, they got to bring up the Browns. I truly think Nick, the you, bring, you to be fair, you brought up a good point about the guaranteed money. Uh, I look at the total dollars, and that's what I reacted to. You bring up a good right. point. 
point. That was the deciphering point. That makes sense. That does make sense. I'll give you that. So I'll at least uh, back off as far as that goes. They've been burned on linebackers. With the hit at Preston Brown. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. And look at what happened there. You know, a couple years ago, I forget, I forget the name of the linebacker we signed, but he turned it out being... Who, a, Vigil? No, one Vigil. It was another free agent guy that that we signed. Oh, I can't uh, remember. This is where Schlemmer would come into play. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it was a guy that, that we came from another team that we were like, okay, and then he was... Nate Webster. Webster, okay. Which was... Hey, all right, you know, he's going to be he's going to fit into Marvin Lewis's scheme, and he completely was a washout. It's like, what was it? Giving this guy money, he's a big mountain, he's going to play the nose tackle. I'm good with it. The money's overspread out, but like I said, um, you still got to get an offensive lineman, and those are coming down. Hopefully, it's, you know, Dalton to the Patriots. We can figure out a way to either get um, the guard. You get Tooney. You find a way to get Tooney. I'll I'll do three hours of why the Bengals are great. If they pull that out, I'll do that. But here's the thing: it's really coming out interesting because the or the Bears, right? Who are talking about Dalton? They don't have a third round pick. They have two twos, and they got the fourth. Yep. The Patriots don't have a second round, but they've got three threes. So the question is: are the you know they trying to hold out now? That the Patriots are going to be in this game and trying to get. A way to get Tooney? The problem is, is the pay, the Bengals don't have leverage here. Like, they can't take Andy Dalton 17 mil. We just had Jay Morrison on. I'm sure you heard it. But we they can't take Jay, they cannot take Dalton 17 mil into next season. They have to move him. The Patriots don't have to move on from anything to get him because right now you can go after, and I'm not saying this makes sense for them, but they can always use the availability of Jameis Winston and Cam sure. Newton and others and Nick Foles and guys like that. They can use those guys as leverage to say, hey, we don't need Andy Dalton, so we don't need to give up anything more than we need to to get him. Well, here's what I disagree with Jake. Jake says you can't pay your backup, and I agree with that. But as far as their cap situation, they had $44 million of free money cap space to spend, including Dalton 17. Uh-huh. Now, they cut Glenn, so they freed up nine. So they still they can carry Dalton's contract in, but they it, it's one of those, you don't want your backup quarter making 17 and your rookie making two, right? So as far as the numbers, they can, but you don't want that to happen, and Dalton's going to get moved, right? The question is, is does New England really want Dalton over the Bears, or are they going to try to take a stab at Winston, who turns the ball over 30 times? Or, or Stidham. Just, They'll take a chance at Stidham before they, you know, who knows? I, I don't think they start. I think they want a veteran quarterback. The question is, it comes down to you, like you said, Cam Newton, Andy Dalton, Janice Winston. One of those three, I think Winston's going to price himself out of the Patriots. Then it's down to Cam and Andy, and I think Andy fits Bill more. So it's just about what the offer really comes down to. You imagine if Cam Newton all of a sudden resorts back to old Cam Newton and uh, Be- Belichick's able to channel a side of Cam that's been needed. <laughs> Can you imagine if Bill Belichick goes on to sustain what he's accomplished with Brady with Cam? Uh, Cam's fascinating to me, man. I'm telling you, he's someone that I look at. I know the Bengals won't do it. Um, you're not going to sacrifice two to three years of good football for maybe ten years of, of, of great football, depending on, on how Burrow you know, develops. But right now, here's what you do have. You do have, if healthy, A.J. Green to put with the Cam Newton and a Mixon to put with the Cam Newton and a Boyd. That's what that's what I see. Um, I don't think Cam fits in Taylor's offense, but I think Cam fits in McDaniel's offense, right? With, oh yeah. With the, the Kill Harry and the um, Amendola or not Amendola? Uh, what, what the heck? Guys, I can't think of a receiver. Welker. 
Nope. And he, but keep in mind too, he would. It's not like I mean, Cam Newton has thir- has has. I mean, he's flourished in years past with that, not a whole lot of weapons. Keep in mind that was the big knock against the Panthers. They didn't provide him with a lot of weapons. Right. So it's You're not he, he's flourished in those roles. Now, he's had Steve Smith in the past too. That was I think his best receiver, if I'm not mistaken, with the Panthers. Uh, you know, and and, and, and Keiko. before he got hurt, his percentage, his completion percentage was actually up. He was above sixty mm-hmm. percent. Not so. Keiko. Who was their tight end? Um, Olsen, not Olsen. Mike. Olsen. Yeah. Jesus, losing my mind. Uh, Olsen. Sorry. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Hey, Nick, how about uh, Jason Witten going to the Raiders, by the way? That, that you know. That's, you know, it's shocking. The honestly, Browns could have got Witten for way cheaper. Like, I, that, that guy that went at me on Twitter, he's not wrong. I think that the Browns, uh, if I'm going to yell at the Bengals, I'm going to yell at the Browns. I don't think, I mean, if you, that's great that you upgraded your tight end. They're going to have two tight ends. But you have drastic needs on defense. I would have rather you overspent to to get a couple linebackers and some defensive backs. Like you didn't need a tight end. And Joku's fine. Like they didn't need to go out and spend that money on on Hooper. You know, so I'm not I a big fan of it. When I saw the first Browns breaking, I thought it would be um, Quentin Dix. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's the first name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the first name I thought they were going to sign, especially when they lost both their safety. Yeah. So I was kind of shocked that it was Hooper. Cause I thought for sure it was like, oh, here we go. Clinton Dix is going to be a Brown, and nope, it wasn't. Raiders might not be in bad shape. Now, if they really aren't a big fan of their quarterback and who they have now, maybe the Raiders kick the tires on a Cam Newton. They you know? got Mariota. Yeah, uh, what's, I mean, yeah, but I mean, Mariota is a backup. I mean, are they really looking? Do you think they're looking at Mariota as a potential starter? If I wouldn't. Go back, if you go back and look at the quarterback, um, that Oof. was like the last year Gruden was doing that show for ESPN. Oh, yeah, the quarterback him, room or whatever. Yeah, him and Mayock drooled over uh, Mariota. So I, I will not be shocked if Mariota is a starter and he turns into a good pro with Gruden because they both salivated over him and the fact that they signed him for what they did. It's going to be shocking, I think. All right. Well, this is fun. This is fun. It's better than talking about corona cancellations. I'll take this any day. Hey, Nick, you be safe, man. Take care. All right. 457-9464. All right, folks. Nick talked me off the ledge. He talked me off the ledge. The the, the difference, and, and I'll be fair here. Because uh, I, 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 I'm a hater. I get it. Uh, I'm a hater. I was frustrated because I just watched this deal that the Bengals did with DJ Reader. Okay, they give him $53 million over four. I was pissed because the Bengals need a linebacker, and Schobert wanted 53 over five. Now, I'm fine with the Bengals sticking to their guns and saying, we are not going to overpay to go get a Schobert. You know, we're not going to overpay. We want his talent, but we're not going to overpay to get it. But then you spend that same amount of money that you did not want to spend for him to go get a position that you didn't desperately need. I disagree with Nick. I don't think they desperately needed that position. You need linebackers. And you better hope that D-line is as stacked as what you think it is because if anyone gets past it, they're gone. They're gone. So I really hope that they know what they're doing. But $53 million could have been put elsewhere. But the difference between the Schobert deal and the Reader deal, as Nick just said, to talk me off the ledge a little, is the fact that the guaranteed money was the biggest difference. So there is that, at least. But they got to get linebackers. they got to get linebackers. You heard Jay Morrison say it. You, you, you can't get... You can't fill every hole in the draft. You can't have rookies fill every hole that you have remaining. You need some veteran guys in there. I'll give him that, though. DJ Reader, he's not bad. Not bad at all. Very good. And he's very—he's a guy that you can rely on. I think he's only missed three games in his career. He doesn't miss games. That's key. That's key. Because a lot of the issues with the Bengals in years past, especially this past decade, even their better teams, their star players can't stay healthy. You know, Eifert can't stay healthy. Green can't stay healthy. I, I mean, staying healthy is key on both sides of the ball. We'll be back in a moment. Up. 
Well, Jason, I've got to tell you, you're pretty much everything this company is looking for in an entry-level candidate. Great. Your resume isn't quite what we're used to, but you've got a fantastic work ethic. Thank you. And I'm impressed by how you carry yourself. So, should we talk about the job? Uh, what? The job? Oh, sorry. Yeah, I have no way of recruiting or even meeting you. This interview didn't happen. It may sound ridiculous, and that's because it kind of is. There's a huge pool of talent your company is missing out on. Meet the grads of life. Who are they? Talent worth knowing about. Young adults of unique determination and experience. An ideal fit for your company in an entry-level position, internship, or even mentorship. They might not have every qualification you typically look for, but they're exactly who your company needs. Man, we really could have used him. Don't miss out on a resource many innovative companies have already discovered. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn how to find, cultivate, and train this great pool of untapped talent. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. Kinner and Schlemmer's show right here on ESPN 1410 Wing AM. 508 here in the Gem City. We're off and rolling. 457-9464. Twitter is at 1410. Kinner, K-I-N-N-E-R. right, here we go. Now, reaction. Browns, Bengals, free agency, NFL free agency off and rolling. Uh, We had Jay Morrison, Bengals beat writer for The Athletic on to talk about the Bengals' activity in free agency, which at the time was, well, the only thing they had done in free agency was technically uh, franchise tag AJ Green, which is no surprise. We've known that they were going to do that for about over a month now. Um, But they did attempt to go out and get Joe Schobert. They did put together, uh, you know, a plan and were aggressive in trying to get Schobert to attack their their linebacker needs. The Jaguars ended up outbidding for Schobert, getting five years, $53 million for Schobert, which, of course, the Bengals said that they were not going to go that route. I didn't blame them. That's the same type of money that the Browns, wa- that he wanted from the Browns, and the Browns said, no, that's why we're not bringing you back. So I don't, I'm not going to blame the Bengals for doing something that the Browns did as well. That's a lot of money for a guy that clearly doesn't have a lot of confidence around. Like when, when you have bad organizations like the Bengals and Jaguars out trying to outbid one another to get a linebacker like that, that shows you right there that that linebacker is not worth that money. Now, if there was like a team like the Patriots or the Eagles or, you know what I mean, or the Chiefs or a team like that, like that, are well-run organizations, if the Bengals were trying to outbid the Chiefs to get him or the Eagles to get him or the Cowboys... I would say, you know what, he probably is worth it if you have well-run organizations bidding after him. But when you have the Jags and the in the in the in the Bengals trying to bid for this kid for that much money, that should show you right there. If it comes down to two bad organizations trying to outbid one another to get his services, when there are good teams, I mean, look, the Cowboys need some linebackers. All right, there's some good teams. The the Eagles need some help there. The Chiefs definitely do. I mean, there's a lot of teams, good teams that need help at linebacker that didn't have Schobert a part of their plan because. He's asking for too much. But you have bad teams trying to bid for him. So that shows right there that he's probably not worth that amount of money. Good for the Browns for saying for moving on from him and saying no. Good for the Bengals for sticking to their guns and not being willing to give up that type of money uh, to get him. And good for the Jaguars for whatever. Whatever you want to tell him, good job for him. Good job, Jaguars, uh, for you five Jaguars fans in the Dayton area. Um, so that's it. Now, I say this when we spoke with J- uh, Jay Morrison from The Athletic about the Bengals' activity in free agency. This was before, I mean, literally 10 minutes before the announcement that the Bengals had signed uh, D- D-lineman DJ Reader, again, from the Texans, gave him $4 million, or four years, $53 million. Same money that, sh- uh, you know, that Shelbert wanted. But as the last caller, Nick called in to to reassure us that, look, it may sound like the same money, but it's less guaranteed money for a reader versus more guaranteed money, uh, of course, for what 
Shelburne wanted. All right, uh, here's Jay Morrison. We talked with Jay Morrison about the Bengals' activity in free agency. Here's Jay Morrison on what he expected from the Bengals and what he has seen thus far. Well, yeah, see, this is where I really thought they were they were going to be active would be in the second wave. So I didn't really expect anything to happen Monday or Tuesday is, you know, let that, that first wave of craziness kind of wash over all the teams. And then like a guy like Kwiatkowski from the bears, I thought he would be in that second wave and, and the, the Bengals were in on him right up to the end too. Uh, and he ended up, he ended up going with the Raiders. And I mean, you think about it where the, the Bengals are at, they, they could have maybe even had a better offer. I don't know that they did, but if you're a linebacker and you're deciding between Las Vegas or Cincinnati, you're not going to go to Cincinnati unless they're overpaying you. And and where the, where this Bengals team could really make some headroom is because Zach is Zach Taylor is so impressive to talk to. It, with with all these visits being canceled with the virus, they can't get guys in the building and kind of sell them on who they are and their vision. It's, it's all done over the phone. It's impersonal. And obviously these players are going to, they're going to go with the money and that they're going to go with teams with history. And but the, I think this, this virus situation is, is really hurting the Bengals right now. All right. Good stuff there from Jay Morrison. Interesting points too. I mean, we haven't even, I mean, I, I've tried to make it a goal this week to avoid as much of the virus talk as possible. Um, uh, but he does touch on how the, the virus reaction uh, the the virus precautions that have been put in place uh some mandated some just precautionary measures again just again the nfl not allowing you to to face-to-face visits can't travel you can't fly them in anything along those lines that has impacted free agency talks maybe not so much with established organizations because there are organizations that you know they kind of sell themselves the bengals you have to sell like, it's tough. Like, you're not going to sell. You're going to have a lot more difficult of a time selling a used car over the Internet without actually talking to somebody than you are a brand-new car that's never, you know, that that's a well-driven car, right? Like, maybe that's a bad example, but you see where I'm kind of going with it. It's harder to sell a used car over the phone than it is a brand-new car when you trust that brand-new car more than the beat-up car that really you don't really have a lot of confidence in. That's the Bengals right now. Uh I'm just going to bring you on. What they do? Did the Bengals do something else? Yes, did they, they do something? They oh, my. They're so cute. They're adorable. Look, cute hey, kitten, hey, man. Don't, don't cute talk kitty, about my kitty, spot. kitty, 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 kitty. Look at the Bengals doing something. They actually won. What did they do? who they get? Punter? They what they get? Back up third, third round, <laughs> uh, third string quarterback. Let me guess. What no, they do? Actually, this is a good pickup. This oh. is defensive back Trey Waynes from the Vikings. This is one of their top cover mans. Okay. Uh, opposite of Xavier Rose. This is one of their top cover mans in the Vikings and the Bengals just got him. So. Okay. I tell you what. And I think that's a necessity to me. That's more a necessity. So than D-line How much do they me. pay him? Uh, still waiting to find that out. So see, you're a horrible producer. You don't no. come on here and waste my they time have, if you don't tell okay. me. I, I need to know money. I need to know money. If you don't know the facts, don't worry. You're fake news. In fact, <laughs> I don't even believe that they did this. I'm not going to I'm not gonna give them credit until I know. In all seriousness, <laughs> That's what they needed. It is. Like That's that. what they needed. And you want to talk about, I mean, like, the thing is about the Bengals, and I've said this before, they're not that far off from being competitive. Like, they can just naturally get better if just some of their key players on the roster already just get healthy. If Jonah Williams gets healthy and lives up to the first-round pick hype from last year, that automatically makes them better. That can't be the only move offensively that they make to that line, but that makes them better. A.J. Green being healthy mm-hmm. makes them better. Um even as a rookie, Joe Burrow, if he lives up to the hype of what a lot of number one overall quarterbacks are, we saw what Baker Mayfield did for the Browns in his rookie season. It just reinvigorated the confidence of the team and the fan base. That That's going to be – so Joe, Joe Burrow is automatically going to make him better. The problem is, is where their weaknesses are, there was too many weaknesses. But they're already way better now. 
I mean, you already increased the pass rush for the team. I mean, you made them you when you added Reader, you made them more difficult up front. So good for you there. And then now you add a defensive back, and they're not done. I mean, they have draft picks coming. Good for them. I I, I poke fun. I, I do you know. I always point out that when they make mistakes, that's a good get. And I like in Bengals fans. I mean, you were you're even down on your team sometimes, Bengals fans. You even complain about the lack of activity from from the Bengals front office. They are making moves. So I'm admitting. I uh, yeah. I'm not admitting I was wrong because the Bengals still are funny to me. They're they're adorable, little cute kittens. I mean, finally getting involved in the in the free agency. Uh, but no, I like that move again. Uh, Trey Wayne's again from the Vikings. Bengals signing the cornerback there. That's big. That that's big time for the Bengals who needed to address their secondary. They need linebacker help. They're going to address probably some of that in the draft. We heard that from Jay uh, Jay Morrison, Bengals writer, just a little bit ago. That that's I mean obviously something they they might. But he said of all the positions that they're going to target. Uh, that linebacker they needed to get veterans at, and maybe that's something they're still working on here. I don't have a list of available linebackers available in the free agent market right now, but hopefully they can get a veteran linebacker in there and then fill the rest of the gaps with the draft coming up. They need that because the linebacker's position is still... I saw Jay Morrison actually just tweeted that they addressed two of the three positions of need. Now they need to go ahead and address the linebacker position. And if it's the draft, I don't I don't think they... We'll find somebody in the draft. I think they might want to go veterans. But like you said, I don't have a list of all the free agent linebackers at this moment either. But they definitely they need to address that as soon as possible. <laughs> Twitter, man. Twitter's funny yeah, right now. Is. Twitter, you guys are hilarious. Twitter says, uh, let me, this one's my favorite. Uh, Rap Sheet said that the Bengals aren't done. That they're trying to show Joe Burrow that they're for real. Okay? That's a start. All right? I, I Look, Joe Burrow should be excited. There's not a lot of rookie quarterbacks that come into a league that have an A.J. Green and a Tyler Boyd to throw to. All right. I don't know what the tight end situation is going to be, whether it's Eifert or who. I mean, you drafted Sample last year. You have Auden Tate. You have all these different guys that you're working with, whether it's receiver, whether it's the tight end, whoever. He's going to have weapons, but that's great. You got your secondary guy. You try to get a linebacker today. Maybe they were trying to get both. All right. They go out and they they obviously get Reader. Good. That's excellent. Good job. Keep going. Get that offensive lineman though. Like yeah, if you want to show Joe Burrow that you're for real. I'm sorry, but you can't let him be knocked down on his ass every single play. So, you, that, I mean, that's great about the defense. Because, by the way, where were they the last couple years? You had to address that defense sooner or later. I'm glad that they're doing that. But And I'm not doing this thing where I'm ignoring what they've accomplished. Mm-hmm. But, please, I hope Jonah Williams pans out. All right? I would love to. You know, I was pulling for Tooney to, you know, be brought into Cincinnati with Jonah Williams, with, you know, kind of what they have going on. Uh, but they're not done yet. they got to I mean... A lot, of free, a lot of free agency left. Technically, tomorrow's the day that it all technically starts, technically, right? Yeah, technically. <laughs> so, you know, no, I'll give praise where praise is due, and uh, they finally targeted something. I just thought that $53 million was a lot for a position that they didn't desperately need at this moment. Um, but, again, you had that secondary guy there. That's a pretty good cover right there. So, I, I, good job for the Bengals. I'll be nice. I like the pickup. Like you said, I just need them to stay aggressive. All right, what else do we got here? Again, stuff. something about my Bulls suck from top to bottom, and their front office is laughable. If you're referring to them and fans are irritated because of your worst, I'm not talking about the Bulls. I have no clue what this cat's talking about. Uh, the reason the Browns signed Hooper was because they will be running a lot of two tight end sets. Yeah, I get that. Uh, but again, you can get a tight end a lot cheaper than going to pay what you did for Hooper when I'd rather you overpay to fix that defense. I mean, look, you know what I'm saying? Like that, like I get Hooper. Like Hooper's gonna be great for for Baker, but I'm criticizing the Browns right now. As much as I like Hooper, it was not necessary. Not, it's like when you get a new job and you start making a little bit more money than you're used mm-hmm. to, and you go out and you get that that car that's you know your payments are higher than you had budgeted for. 
But who cares? You got a new job, but you're not accounting for the bills that are coming later. And then all of a sudden, it's going to be like, oh, crap. I didn't think about this. I didn't think about that. Hooper was not necessary. That was not a necessary get. I mean, it's great. It looks good on paper. Hooper, along with OBJ and along with Jarvis, talking about the Browns now. I do not think, and this is referring to that tweet there, I'm not a fan of it. It's going to work. He's going to th- throw a lot of touchdowns to Hooper. It's going to work. But I'm talking about down the road, you know. If they don't win in 2020, it's not going to be because Hooper doesn't pan out. It's going to be because they're scoring points and can't stop anybody. Right. That money I'd rather been seen given elsewhere. I mean, here I'm going to every time the Bengals make a move defensively, I'm going to rip the Browns. And every time the Browns make a move defensively, I'm going to rip the Bengals because they're in the same spot. They have the same needs. Both teams need linebackers. Both teams need secondary help. Uh, I'm not sold on Ward. I don't care. I don't yeah, care if he's he a former Buckeye. He had start when he came out. And of course he, he did. Like he could be rookie of the year. Those you don't use games. a high draft pick but, on a uh, cornerback. I mean, I'll never forget when. I mean, that was the, the Buckeye dumdum, uh, the fandom dumdum, same thing. Uh, you know, it was that Buckeye fandom that everyone's like, oh, that's such a great get. No, it was not. It was not a great get. It was not. It was something that you could have got later. You can get good corners later in the draft. You just can. And I'm not a fan of the – I think they wasted that pick, really, to be honest. I don't care. Even he hasn't been healthy. Fan, I was excited to see him go, you know, top five or whatever. But I was surprised. I was thinking maybe more in 10, 11, 12 range. But when they took him four, I was I was shocked. Yeah, I'll be surprised. I mean, I don't think – I mean, Akuda. when's the last top corner that went high and, and has panned out? Who? Yeah, because uh, Jalen Ramsey, I mean, he's traded now. I mean, you can say as far as his production. Where was he drafted, though? Three, I believe. He was yeah, drafted that high? Three. So he's the last one, though. And there's been a lot of corners between them. Or it might have been five. It was number five. Five. Yeah, he's number five. And, that, and what we have, we talk about a ward at four. Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. All right, uh, four five seven nine four six four. Interesting, nonetheless. Again, that with the the audio we played was Jay Morrison um, talking, of course, about the reaction to what the Bengals were able to accomplish. Now, the other thing that I was able that we talked to, we had ESPN's Jake Trotter on to talk about the Browns and their activity. Um, you know, at this point uh, in free agency, the one thing that we talked about with. Uh, Jake Trotter was about the expectations for the Browns. Last year, the Browns made a huge splash in the offseason. They get OBJ, right? You know what I mean? Like, they, they they go and get Kareem Hunt. I mean, they just made big move after big move. They added, you know, Vernon and some other pieces on the defensive side. But what do you Bengals fans always rip me for and say, oh, the offseason Super Bowl champions, the Cleveland Browns. Well, the Cleveland Browns are right now in the running for defending Super Bowl offseason champions because they made a big move, yet two big moves yesterday, uh, to strengthen that roster, they address Conklin on the offensive line, Hooper at tight end. Although I still think they, you know, spent too much money on that position. They addressed it. They get a good backup quarterback in Keenum for the foreseeable future, so that there's a security blanket there if Baker gets injured or, you know, let's say that he doesn't pan out. But I asked Trotter about, okay, what is it about this team with this coach? What is it about this offseason? That makes him feel confident that this isn't a repeat of last year, where when you got all the talent last year, it didn't mean that it resulted in wins. Yeah, but I think it's a, a fair point. You know, this, this team has not done anything on the field. So, there, you know, there was a lot of AFC North crowning going on mm-hmm. after the OBJ trade. You know, this was a team that a lot of people thought had a chance to get to the Super Bowl. Um, and obviously this team was not ready and, and had way too many holes uh, to overcome, you know, to, to, to overcome them. So I, I think it's fair to, to have a little bit of skepticism, but if you look at where this team really struggled last year offensively, they couldn't protect Baker Mayfield, and I think that led to an array of problems. So, uh, you know, getting Conklin, you know, potentially drafting a left tackle, uh, I think could, and then obviously getting, you know, Austin Hooper, who, who, who can do a lot of different things out of the tight end position. You know, as well, you're going to find out whether Baker Mayfield is your franchise quarterback next year. I mean, the moves that they made, they're giving him everything that he needs. And I I think that, 
you know, if it doesn't go well, then you're back to square one anyway. So you, you got to give yourself a chance to, to see what he can do. And, you know, we'll see. I mean, I, I have a little bit of skepticism, too, based on what I saw. But I, I think that the approach that they have taken uh, has been really smart and really addressed, uh, you know, a lot of the, the shortcomings offensively last year. So, and I agree with them. Look, I don't think, I thought the Browns had a, just because the results didn't come with the wins in 2019 for the Browns, does not mean that they failed last offseason. You gave your second-year quarterback one of the best receivers in the league in OBJ. Uh, I wasn't a fan of the the idea of Kareem, I mean, Kareem Hunt, the talent, great. Uh, I wasn't a fan of the perception issues that were going to come with it, but from a talent perspective, you gave your second-year quarterback one of the top running backs in the league alongside probably top two running back in the league in Chubb uh, and the guy you drafted with Baker. So, uh, no, to sit there and you look at what they brought in defensively. It just didn't pan out. They, the biggest mistake they made was the head coaching hire last year. We talked about that a million times. Bottom line is is that I think that the Browns have done a fantastic job the last two years of giving Baker what he needs. And if it doesn't work on the field, you Bengals fans that like to call in and talk all this crap about, oh, how has that worked out? How has that worked out? I know that the expectations of it working out are going to come with making decisions in the offseason, but I will applaud the Browns front office as boneheaded as they are almost all the time. They care. They want to win. And that they've proven that the last two years. And now you're going to talk smack because the Bengals finally make two big moves for the first time in five years. And now you're going to sit there and act like, oh, yeah, our teams aren't as bad as you think. That is bad. It's the first, two biggest moves they've made in five years. Not downplaying it. Good for them. They see that they're at the point where the Browns were when they got Baker Mayfield. It was like the time to strike is now. The time to improve is now. You have your quarterback coming. Go all in. That's what the Bengals are doing. Good for them. Now, as far as the Browns are concerned, we also uh, talked to Jake Trotter regarding the use of Njoku. What does the future of Njoku look like? Was Hooper brought in to replace Njoku or was Hooper brought in to basically reflect what we saw from the Vikings in the two tight end system that Stefanski ran there. Here is ESPN's Browns writer Jake Trotter talking about what the plan is for Njoku and what the thought process was in bringing in Hooper. Yeah, I mean, there was no no offense that used multiple tight ends more than Kevin Stefanski in Minnesota last year. I think it was 50%, 57% of the time uh, they had at least two tight ends on the field. And so uh, I, I think that this doesn't mean that they're moving on from Njoku. Right now, the plan is, you know, that's going to be, when they go two tight end sets, it's going to be Hooper, it's going to be Njoku. And, wow. uh, you know, had a really disappointing season last year, but, uh, you know, it's had, had some moments, particularly in 2018 with Baker. Uh, so I think they're going to, you know, try to get him back on track. If somebody calls with an offer, they're going to listen. Uh, but at this point, the plan is to move forward with those two guys uh, as the tight ends. How about that? I mean, if you're Baker Mayfield... Having Njoku, when, when Njoku was healthy, that was a hell of a weapon to have, along with OBJ and Jarvis. Now you have Hooper. Now you have Njoku, most likely, unless they do decide to move on from him. Uh, you have Hooper. You have Njoku. Now you have Jarvis. You have OBJ. You have Chubb. You have Kareem Hunt. Uh, you know, they add Conklin to the offensive line. They're probably, I mean, in, in earlier in that interview, we did hear uh, Trotter address the fact that the Browns will most likely use that top draft pick to to get a left guard, uh, something that they need. He said, but they can also get a left guard probably in the second round, so don't be surprised if the Browns trade that first round pick uh, for multiple picks down the road and get their, their guard in the second round. That is something to keep an eye on and then, of course, use the rest of the picks to fill out what they need defensively. I will say this, though, the Browns will not make the playoffs as good as that offense is. If they don't add some key pieces defensively, 
not outside of the draft, they will not make the playoffs in 2020. They'll score a lot of points. They'll be one of the. They'll be like the Bucks last year. Yeah, they just My, lost two key linebackers. Yeah, so that that's the thing. Like the the Cleveland Browns will be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers of last year. They're going to score a ton of points. They were. Uh, I mean, the Buccaneers were the third ranked offense in the NFL last year. They didn't make the playoffs. They weren't. They weren't good enough. That that'll be the Browns. They're going to be exciting. Score a lot of touchdowns. Baker's going to be sporadic. Be Brett Favre like. Throw some, throw, you know, throw interceptions. I don't think he'll be ESPN's thirty for thirty <laughs> like uh, Jameis Winston. But I do believe that that's that's what you're going to get with Baker. He's not going to be an efficient. He's not going to be a clean, efficient quarterback. He'll be efficient, but he won't be a clean quarterback. He's right. going to turn the ball over. Uh, you just got to be able to cap it at a certain point. My concern is defensively. The Browns. I don't think you could put. I don't think you can improve that defense in the draft. You can plug some gaps. You're not going to improve it drastically. Like they, they have to address some some issues free agents wise as far as the Browns defense goes. Good for that offense though. And Joku and Hooper, OBJ Jarvis, Hunt. I mean weapons everywhere. Like, like what uh, Jake Trotter said as far as this is the year we'll really find out like how good Baker is yeah. because this is two straight off seasons of them putting all the requisite uh, weapons around Baker. Of course, last year they didn't have the offensive line, but now it looks like they're really really trying to put every part around Baker that they can. All right, let's go to Jerry. Jerry and Dayton, what's up, man? What's happening, gentlemen? How are you? It's good. It's good to see the Bengals finally spending some money. I know, right? They got um, to do something, man. They're doing something. Finally, they got a defensive back. Got to do that defensive line. I, I don't think they're going to do too much offensively. The only thing they need to touch on offensively is obviously that offensive line, uh, and depending on what they do at tight end. So yeah. we'll see. Um, but yeah, I'm 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 pretty pleased with what my Raiders have done so far. I mean, we got two linebackers, probably two of the better linebackers in the draft. Oh, by the way, Bengal fans, sorry. There isn't really any good linebackers left in free agency. So, hope you hope you can hit on the draft. Anyway. That's bad for the Browns, too. That ain't good for us, I'd tell you that much. Yeah, Martinez is gone. Schobert's gone. Littleton's gone. We signed him to a three-year deal. I don't know how we managed to only get away with three when Schobert signed him five, but, hey, I'll take it. Um we got Malik Collins from your Cowboys mm-hmm. for a rotational defensive tackle. You got Witten, whatever that means. Man, yeah. So uh, you know, maybe maybe we go sign Todd Christensen or Dave Casper too while we're at it. So we get some more over the hill tight ends. That's the only that's the only signing that so far I just scratched my head and said, "What the heck are we doing?" I mean, my man runs like you're – and Jason Witten's an all-time great player, don't get me wrong, but at 37 years old, my man runs like he's got a piano on his back. Now, I'm glad that, uh, you know, and I, I'm surprised that – I'm not surprised that he came back another year. I'm just surprised that he didn't come back with Dallas. Now, uh, I read an article earlier, the Troutman kid out of out of Dayton, uh, that Dallas interested in him. I that would be, How cool would that be? Troutman in Dallas, for me, I would love that. Don't get me wrong. But interesting, nonetheless, that Dallas didn't aim to keep him, but again – I think right now that Dallas is shaving dollars left and right because they're overpaying Amari Cooper. I've argued with you for the past year about how much I like Amari Cooper. I love Amari Cooper. I don't love Amari Cooper at five years, $100 million. I don't love him that much. I'll tell you that you, much. You'd like him a lot better at 14 or $15 million. <laughs> I mean, but like he's not a he's not. I mean, I've You're argued right. with this. I've argued you. Me and you've gone back and forth on Cooper for about a year now. Cooper is not a number one wide receiver. However, he has filled the number one wide receiver role pretty well for Dallas. Dak Prescott is nothing without him. But even with him, we've seen that. Look, they still. I mean, they're five and eleven against top, or teams above five hundred the last two years. Uh, Dak Prescott, people bitching and moaning because he hasn't got his money, and I'm like, look, he hasn't earned it. 
Sure, they've won a lot of games, but a lot of that had to do with the defense, strong offensive line that allowed the running game to take over against bad teams. Dak Prescott is 5-11 and against teams 500 or better. I'm fine with the Cowboys giving him the tag, and I don't care who's offended by it because like he hasn't earned it. Like He does not deserve $35 million or $40 million or whatever the hell he thought he was going to get. Yeah, I don't. I don't understand why. I, I, I'm with you. I, I guess you and I are in the minority on that because you listen all the talking heads on ESPN Radio when I'm on my way to work. They're like, "Oh, you got to pay back." It's so disrespectful. And I'm like you. I'm sitting there thinking, well, "What's he done?" <laughs> I mean, like, he, does he really deserve to get paid more than Carson Wentz, who before he got hurt two years ago had Philadelphia in the number one uh, seed for the NFC playoffs? Really? Shut out, you know, against the good teams. I mean, look at the, you know, they they haven't been able to score against the Saints. The Saints are like a Big Twelve school, man. Like they're no, they're they're high powered offense, but defensively, really, like, come on. I, I hear you, brother. I, I don't get, I don't get why anybody thinks that Prescott's worth forty million dollars a year. That's just insane. And you look, I mean, if he doesn't show up, I mean, I, he's got all the leverage. That's the problem, right? He's got all the leverage now. And uh, who? So, who? Prescott does. See, I disagree. Uh, well, I mean, he, there's Who's no going, going back now. For you, What's that? Who's going to take snaps for you? Though? I think as long as you are Dallas, you have that brand, and as long as you have an owner that's willing to spend money, I think that although the future you might be uncomfortable moving forward, but Jerry Jones, like, for instance, if this was a year later, Cam Newton, Jerry Jones would open up the wallet for Cam Newton. You, I mean, Phillip Rivers did a one-year deal with the Colts. Jerry Jones isn't looking for a 10-year stretch here. Jerry Jones doesn't have a 10-year stretch left, probably. <laughs> like, not trying to be cold, but he's looking at, what can I do in a two-, three-year window span that I can win a Super Bowl, which makes... I, that's why I don't think Dak has the, the leverage here, to be honest with you. I just don't. Well, we'll see. In a normal situation, if they had an younger, a younger owner, I would say, yeah, Dak has the, the leverage because he's won games there and it's tough to find quarterbacks. But Jerry Jones is willing to overspend to get whatever position he needs done to win a Super Bowl. And that's why it's interesting about Dak. I don't think they can win a Super Bowl with Dak. They'll win games with Dak. They ain't winning a Super Bowl. So. Yeah, I, but I think your I think your boy Jerry thinks he can win a Super Bowl with that. If he did, then he would have given that money by now. Well, I, I I I hear you, but remember we talked about this when it came down to Ezekiel Elliott, right? No one in their right mind. Thought, I mean, I thought they should sign him. I never thought they should have paid him that much money. Well, keep in right? mind, I mean. Don't, I mean, the thing is, all this Jerry, who has no discipline when it Jerry Jones has no discipline when it comes to forking out money left and right. But all of a sudden, now he has discipline. He does. He's not buying into Dak Prescott. And you look at it too. He just overpaid Amari Cooper. Okay, five years, a hundred million. All right, it's not like he's being cheap. He's being cautious no. when it comes to, to Dak. But Jerry, I got to hit this commercial break, man. All right, guys. But anyway, go Raiders. Adios. Four five seven nine four six four. Uh Rick and Dayton and a lot of Bengals fans calling in now. We'll get to you on the other side of the break. Keep in mind the one thing that I, I have you know, and you just put this across, Brandon. The Bengals deal for Waynes is three years, forty two million. Yes. So fifty three million for Raider on the D line. Forty two million. I mean, they just spent close to, I mean, 70-plus million, 80-plus million dollars right now. Yeah, they're going out there. They're making moves. They're being aggressive. And, yes, they are spending money. And I said, I saw something that said he'll get 20, 20 million of that this year. So it's front-loaded. Wayne's will. Wayne's. Wayne's is front-loaded. And uh, basically, they're trusting themselves, I think, at least. And it sounds like they're ready to make some moves to improve the team. All right, we'll be back in a moment. Four five seven nine four six four. Phone lines are full. Rick and Dayton, you'll be our first caller on the other side wanting to talk Bengals. Also, keep in mind that we have a huge announcement regarding 
the Karen Schlemmer Show. That announcement will be made at 5.50, uh, so keep that in mind. Be hanging around. We're going to talk a little bit more Bengals-Browns on the other side of this commercial break, but we have a huge announcement regarding the future of the Karen Schlemmer Show coming up at 5.50. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back in a moment. Show right here on Dayton's ESPN radio station, 1410 Wing AM. Busy day, uh, busy couple days in NFL free agency, and it's been nice just to kind of look. I know what's going on in the real world right now when it comes to the coronavirus outbreak and, and the and the precautions being put in place uh, to protect you, to protect your family, to protect those around the country. So I, I get it, but my goal is. You're hearing enough of that throughout the day. I just didn't want this to be three more hours of, of that. Um, there are going to be times where the, the world, of, you know, the, the real world does overlap with sports and some topics that is going to be the case, especially when we get into the, the NBA season stuff being pushed back. I mean, we were supposed to be, I mean, like right now, we should be talking about, hey, a week from now should be Reds opening day, baseball opening day, and yet here we are talking about, man, it's supposed to be mid-April, and it's not going to be till May. It may not even be till June. So there's going to be a lot of things we talk about in the coming days and weeks that's going to have a lot of overlap of, you know, fallout from everything that's going on. But our goal right now is to just kind of focus on on some of the things going on in sports that don't involve that. And, of course, NFL free agency has definitely given us that platform. Browns had their day in court yesterday, and the Bengals have made today count. Uh, they, I thought that the Bengals' free agency activity was going to be headlined by the fact that they whiffed on Schobert uh, when Jacksonville outbid them for Schobert, $53 million over five years. But then, Jackson, then the Cincinnati Bengals turn around, and they're able to go after DJ Raider to add to their defensive line alongside Dunlap and alongside Atkins again. Another horse to be able to clog up the middle there. And then they go, of course, and, and, and Brandon, you're finding out more and more. They add... Nice piece to their secondary. Yeah, Trey Wayne signed him three years, $42 million, uh, addressed another need for that defense. A lot of pressure is going to be taken off of him now that A.J. is going to be opposite of him. And similar to how Jarvis had a breakout year, you could see a similar year by Tyler Boyd this year for the Bengals. All right, 457-9464 is the number to call in. Let's go to Rick and Dayton. Rick, thanks for being patient, man. How are you? I'm doing great. How you doing, Justin? Good. What's up, man? Hey, I got a Tom Brady scoop for you. Oh, nice! It's I'm on to Cincinnati. I'm on to yeah, listen. He's on his he's on his way to Tampa. That's where he's going. Yeah, Brady uh, to Cincinnati. Why? Well, look at it this way. You know, you pick, you sign with Cincinnati. Don't we go sign with uh, New England? We can still draft Joe Burrow. He could be Brady's understudy. And then when Brady can lead the Bengals to the playoffs and win the game. He can prove that he can win anywhere then. <laughs> uh, you know what, Rick? They might as well call Peyton Manning and see if they can get Peyton Manning to come out. If you're going to talk about Brady to Cincinnati, you might as well bring up Peyton Manning then. Now, yeah, no, Tom Brady, look, the quarterbacks that are available, Cam Newton, Jameis Winston, Andy Dalton. I mean, Andy Dalton, that, that's, the, that's a key domino to fall right there. Uh, Look, I'm not a Bengals fan, but I really do have a lot of respect for the work that Andy Dalton did there. Uh, a lot of people like to blame him, and when you're the quarterback, all the success, you get all the praise for the success, you get all the blame for the failures. 
I think Andy Dalton got a raw deal. I think that they put a lot of key weapons around him early on in his career, but the last five years, I'm not going to blame him for the lack of success. They did nothing to protect him, and they did nothing on the defensive side to protect the offense either. So I'm pulling for wherever Andy Dalton goes, I'm pulling for him, which is why I would love to see him end up in New England. I'd love to see him in a good spot to close out his career. Yeah, I um, believe in Dalton, too, because I think every time he was actually in the playoffs and had the chance to win, he was always handcuffed because you know his uh, somebody was always hurt. You know, he never had the full team at his disposal in any one of the playoff games we were ever in. So, all right, what do you think about the Bengals' deals then? Well, I'm happy to see them doing something. You know, finally, you know, like you said, I was thinking they were going to sit there on the sideline the whole time, you know, and not, and not do anything, you know. And it's good to see them working on the defensive side because, you know, we needed help there, you know. I think we still have a lot of weapons on the offensive side, you know, enough to do something. You know, but, but you know, we needed that defensive help. But, all right. Well, Rick, normally we'd spend more time on the phone. I just got to hit this commercial break. I understand. Take it easy. Hey, you take care, man. All right, four five seven nine four six for good stuff. All right, folks, here's the deal. I'm going to step away for a few moments. Um, when we come back, I do have an announcement uh, regarding the future of this show of the Kenner and Summer show. I know there's, uh, you guys have been very patient. I think you've noticed some changes just throughout the last couple months, just knowing, seeing, you know, just the changes, uh, you know, of hosts coming in and out. And we're, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes that uh, you're not privy to and, and, and that's understandable. But uh, we do have an announcement about the future of this show moving forward. And I'll have that for you when we come back. More of the Kenner and Summer show next. My feelings on Cowboys fans. But really, Justin Kenner, you're a Cowboy <laughs> I just had to play. I just had to play. It's been a while since we uh, <laughs> we ran that Stephen A. Smith part, uh, but that was, of course, a ton. Of, that was a blast getting Stephen A. Smith to work with us to be able to to do that. And uh, we close out the show. We'll be doing the final Kinner and Schlemmer show uh, with Schlemmer here. Uh, so Schlemmer is going to come in. We'll do the the, the three hour show. Uh, we're going to have a, a guest list a mile long of, of just guys coming in and out throughout the day. So. Um, Schlemmer, and he can let you know. He's going to kind of give you more information on his page and, 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 and his message to you tomorrow during the show. Uh, I don't want to give away everything that's been going on. I think a lot of you who do know him or are familiar with the situation know he's been battling a lot of health issues outside of the show. And I just think that, you know, that's going to be more of his role to be able to give you more information on that. Um, it's not something I'm looking forward to, but uh, I do know that we have to, you know, it's what's best for him. And it's what's best for him to do what's best for his health moving forward. And I think uh, I think everyone out there can appreciate that. This show has just been so much fun. And it's been a blast, uh, you know, being able to interact with you, uh, the listeners, uh, and being able to sit in here every day with him. Is, and Schlemmer's a pain in the ass. He knows that. I tell him he's a pain in the ass every day. <laughs> Um, but when he's not here, it, it definitely it, it, it sucks when he's not here. And I, I hate that uh, we're going to be wrapping this up tomorrow. Uh, but from, for tomorrow, uh, it'll be the final Kinner and Schlemmer show uh, here on 1410 Wing AM. So Schlemmer will be in. We'll be taking your calls. And we're, it's not, it's not, it, not going to be a set. Day. We're going to have fun tomorrow. That's what we do. Every time me and Schlemmer, that, that was our goal. No matter how crappy things were for us outside of this show, no matter what bad days we were having, no matter what personal things we were going through, our goal was every day we were going to come sit here, and even if it was the weirdest show you've ever heard before, we were going to make sure that we did our best to make you laugh. Uh, we pissed you guys off along the way. We made made you laugh along the way we made you angry happy sad whatever it is we probably made you feel every emotion out there and this was i mean for me to this be, to be my first full-time radio gig and to work alongside schlemmer 
no matter who I work with moving forward, uh, whether it's at this station, other stations, what have you, it'll never be more fun than what it was working with Slummer. So that'll be tomorrow's show, uh, the final Kinner and Slummer show tomorrow uh, from 3 to 6 p.m. here on Dayton's ESPN radio station, 1410 Wing AM. So that wraps it up for us here today. Uh, we'll be back at it again tomorrow from 3 to 6. Again, the final uh, day and episode of the show with Mark Schlemmer. That'll be tomorrow at 3 o'clock. Until tomorrow, this has been the Kenner and Schlemmer Show on 1410 ESPN Radio. You're listening to Kenner and Schlemmer on 1410 ESPN Radio. I'm sitting here drinking a glass of tea. This is the best sports station in Miami Valley, buddy. Now for the latest sports news and updates, let's introduce your host.